and welcome to the show. This is the Golden Age of Grappling Podcast, episode 258. I'm DP. And I'm Tony G. DP, this week for the people, we went back to 1996 for ECW Cyber Slam, the first in the run of classic Cyber Slams. That Yeah. That they, it's this weird thing that they call it like an internet convention every time, but it never really feels like much more than just a special that they're recording for VHS. No, it's the kind of thing that like I would catch the TV show on ran, you know the random public access at my grandma's house, and I would hear about this cyber slam. I would always want to see these shows. Like they would make it seem like it's such a big deal that it was on the internet. Yeah, you know, and I was unable to access those kinds of things. But anyways, we've got it all for you right here tonight. Uh, it was ECW. It. It was as ECW as ECW can be, and we'll (laughs) get into that more. Uh, Because this is a wrestling review show. Each week, DP and I get together and discuss an event we agreed to watch the week before. It's the Oprah's Book Club for Wrestling Nerds. For any and all information about the show, links to Twitter, Facebook, and the rest, visit goldenagepodcast.com. And if you feel the need to express yourself further, maybe it's something a little longer or more involved, send us an email at goldenagegrappling at gmail.com. Yes, do that. And uh, if you've got a show that you've been watching and you thought, man, I'd love to hear some people talk about this, send it our way. We do take requests for reviews as well. Yeah. And even if it's awful, you can send it our way. We'll, uh, we might swear at you a little bit, but we'll watch it and we'll review it. So. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so, you know, while we've been working hard to follow The Undertaker's lead and see if GameStop with its newfound high-valued stock will trade in enough cash for our Nintendo Switch to buy a Switchblade and some handguns, let's take yeah. some time in the meantime to chat about what's going on in the current wrestling world with a segment we like to call the Sid Vicious Dishes. Yeah, with that board, with this look on my face, it was something that was given to me because of people like you. See, he's going to Well, the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, Hal. Sorry. All right, Tony, what do we got this week? Well, DP, what do we have this week? No, I'm not just stalling because I don't know what we have this week. Um, it's Royal Rumble time. We had ourselves a rumble. We had two rumbles. They were both royal. Is, and uh, yeah, Is the Royal Rumble on the road to WrestleMania, or is it the thing that's just before you get onto the road of WrestleMania? Is it like the entrance ramp, or is it actually part of the road? See, I don't know. Are we you on the road probably, yet, or do we have to wait you, till the raw after? Well, no. I mean, as soon as someone points at the sign, we're on the road. Okay, that makes sense. But they also have, in you know, some past years, the signs in the freaking rafters after SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and people are pointing at it, and sometimes, <laughs> like, they just did it, I think, at the Rumble, as far as I can remember. Um, yeah, I think this is the first time we got that big-ass sign up there. Uh, but they've also, I've heard commentary after Survivor Series seat time or mm-hmm. in December, the words Royal, you know, WrestleMania season or the okay. road to WrestleMania kind of 
you know, but no, for the most part, I'd say it's, yeah, the Royal Rumble is the beginning. It's the off ramp, I guess, like you said, to the road to WrestleMania. But gotcha. Now that that's out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a fucking Royal Rumble, man. There's a, there's a lot of events happening. We were shaping up towards our, we're kind of seeing what's coming up at WrestleMania now. Right. You can finally, you know, see just how disappointed you're going to be and uh, get confirmation in that. Uh, on the pre-show, which, I mean, whatever, something had to be on the pre-show, but title switch on the pre-show seems odd to me. Uh, Nia and Shayna got their women's tag team championships back from the champions Charlotte and Asuka. Uh, there was Lacey Evans, Ric Flair, Tom Foolery, and shenanigans. Yeah, uh, Asuka got taken out early. <clears throat> you know, it was a good, good, good win for Nia and Shayna. But again, just a little strange to be in this position. But I guess what else were you going to bump? Something had to be here, so... Good for them. Uh, the opening match, WWE Championship, Drew McIntyre <laughs> picking up the victory over the man, the myth, mostly a myth, Goldberg. Yeah. Um, I skipped know, I don't over know. this one. This was the one that, like, the ma- the show started, and I was like, we're starting with this. And I was like, all right, I'm using up my, my pad, and I just hit live, and it was literally three and fucking drew mcintyre was the winner and i was like all right i'm good yeah it wasn't that long you probably should have just grinned and bared it because it was not too awful (laughs) uh but no one long was what it was i mean just but what isn't great you know goldberg could barely lift drew for the jackhammer and yeah it just i know what they think this is or you know i remember when we had talked about paul Heyman when he was the lead think guy on raw talking about how he wanted to use Goldberg in this way where he would just kind of be mm-hmm. this monster that they could turn on anybody at any time and whatever, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what, how they measure the returns on something like this. If it was a success or not, it's good for drew. It makes him look good. You know? Yeah. Makes I him mean, look like a badass. Yeah, at least at least he's winning. It's not you know, un, it's not Goldberg coming back and grabbing a title to take with him against uh, you know Brock Lesnar or something. Right. So, but anyway, yeah, was what it was. Um, we then had the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks defending against Carmella. Feels like these two have been feuding forever. I, I thought just, this I don't was know a good why. match, though. I, I I enjoyed this one. Oh no no yeah no I'm just saying the. It's just when this was even on the card, I was kind of like, oh, shit, yeah, like that's 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 still unresolved. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, no, Sasha got the win here. You know, it, like you said, it was a you know, fine match. Uh, you know, I would probably give a lot of the credit to Sasha as far as, you know, just her ability to, you know, have great matches. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Carmella isn't talented, but that's definitely probably the best Carmella's looked has been in these matches with Sasha on pay-per-view, so... Good for everyone involved. Reginald got sent to the back at one point for doing nothing. Absolutely nothing. He was attacked by Sasha Banks. <laughs> he got involved. Been, well, I mean, again, that's one of those things where you could probably find video evidence of similar circumstances going different directions there. Oh, yeah. But uh, Whatever. I mean, maybe the fix was in. Who can say? Uh, but yeah, Sasha gets the win. Solid stuff there. <clears throat> we had a New Day reunion which feel like happens at every pay-per-view now. We get yeah. back to Anytime they have an excuse to do it. They also still have a podcast together, and it hardly <laughs> feels like there's been... And I'm not saying I'm, I'm upset about that, but it's just funny yeah. like how they... We'll probably end up getting a promoted like New Day reunion on Raw within the next two or three weeks as well. You know, like, 
because why not? I'm not saying I wouldn't Probably be happy. Not. Uh, but yeah, they discuss their plans for the Rumble match, and they're they're you know being kind of playful about going against each other and coming down to whatever. You know, Big E goes all Big E and cut a pretty you know long winded, wild eyed promo. And then Sammy and his documentary crew, <laughs> dude. I, when when he started with the 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 wrestling gout and like it was just like losing his mind, I was loving it. I I thought this was like, fun. I was like Big E, remember don't don't go into the preacher mode thing. Remember well, the, Vince, yeah, Vince, Vince will <laughs> you'll be in a fucking necktie thing in yeah, no time. That is true. But I just, it's also interesting because it's like now all of a sudden these guys have their, uh, you know, they're, they're looking to be the Kota Ibushis of the WWE, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, Sammy walked up and there are no wrestling gods, only WWE management. He's obviously, you know, he's on his uh, crusade against the management and such. And uh, I support him for most, for most part. Um, he sees everything. I think you didn't see Kofi Kingston who scared him. Got who, like a jump scare. Who was the redheaded guy? at ringside and trying to break up the battle when it was Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens beating each other up two SmackDowns before Royal Rumble. Uh, Pat Buck. Okay. Because yeah. when I was watching that replay, I was like, did Sammy get his haircut? And then he showed up here at this show. And I was like, nope, <laughs> no, he didn't. Okay, good. Uh, you, he still looks like a right. wild man. He would look, if he cut his hair, yeah, he would look similar in a suit and stuff. Um, Yeah, Kofi still isn't cleared, but he's here. They're in their Brody gear, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, that was uh, nice. You know, nice thing there. We then got a performance from Bad Bunny. I I probably wouldn't have had Booker T stand there the whole time like that. But apparently, is TV that producer. like what the music video was like? Was he just standing while like the like beat played I, and like? Yeah, but I'll bet there's like flashing, and I'll bet there's like cuts of the camera yeah. and lights and. Probably, yeah. uh, it, you know, I doubt he was just standing in a like a giant arena with his arms folded, looking forward while a man serenaded him with song. I don't. It was. Oh. But it, I mean, whatever. Apparently, the this guy's huge. I don't know. I've never heard of Bad Bunny before two weeks ago, and what? like, like everyone, like I was listening to John and Way talk about, it and they're like, "This is a huge moment for the WWE to have this guy here." And like, I know. What? My problem is like we hear that. Over the, the years, various times when they bring, especially international acts sometimes that yeah. are like yeah. really popular, like in this, yeah, I don't know how, you know, I hope, hey, good for them. I hope it gives them a bump <laughs> in some way. Um, I thought the perf- performance itself was fine. He seems like a talented young man. I only knew him, I told you, from the Corona beer commercials with Snoop Dogg. Where, <laughs> and I didn't know what he did. I just heard Snoop Dogg call him, you know, yeah. he's like, no, bad bunny. And I was like, oh, that's. That's that guy from those Snoop Dogg commercials. So I guess uh, good for them though. And I liked when he stopped pretending to sing and the song just kept playing. That was my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> when he was done, but the track just kept playing. That was awesome. Oh yeah. And then it was time for the ladies to have their Royale Rumble. Uh, I appreciated the thought put into the first two. You know, it wasn't just random. It didn't feel like it was two big stars with Bailey and the returning Naomi. I mean, kind of returning. It's always hard to say with Naomi. Like, yeah, was she out or were they just not using her? I, I don't know that I really saw exactly what the deal was. I thought that she'd been out with an injury a while back and was coming back from yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. I just felt like there was a stop and start not long ago as well okay. with her where she was back. And I don't know. Anyways, doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, so... The big story was obviously the uh, Bianca Belair who entered third. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love when they talked about the number three being unlucky later in the night. Yeah. And we both immediately were like, <laughs> well, Ric Flair won the title from number three, and you just had Bianca Belair. You know, it yeah. Was it's like she just won from right there, exactly. But, 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 you know, Bianca would go on. Bianca and Naomi, really. Um, is, would, cause Naomi would go, I think, 47 minutes or something. She was in like there that. for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But those two were the, you know, the, the stars keep your eyes on. We had Billy Kay enter at four and, uh, she had, an, she absolutely stole the show for the five, 10 minutes that she mm-hmm. was a part of the match. She had her resumes in hand, folks. She was looking for potential partners to help oh, yeah. us her out in the, te- in the Rumble match and, uh, it was really great stuff, you know, kind of in the way she, you know, in the way she only she can do. So yeah, I heard some people that didn't like this, but man, I thought this was the best part of the the, the entire match. Like this was what kept me interested for the first half of this match because like she's out there on commentary in between, and that was mm-hmm. the other thing that kept cracking me up is like she has to get off the commentator's desk, walk <laughs> all the way over to the other side, and like yeah. get in position for them to even interrupt, you know, to run into her. Um, she's just yeah I, i've like i've professed many times in recent weeks she's just the best and i mean just and her the, her her just like the the way that she like emotes in the ring like what later on oh, when yeah. she's in ring and she like you know proposes <laughs> a three-way team up with like jillian and also the lady from right. the riot squad uh ruby you know yeah. I was just like, this is awesome. Like, I love all of this. And, like, she's, like, she slowly was, like, building, like, motion- a five-person, yeah. re- you know, alliance she, for a while. She's, like, motioning with her hands, like, between everyone and, like, yes. winking with, like, her, you know, kind <laughs> of. Uh, no, she was amazing. Uh, Shotzi came out and shot her with her tank. I mean, so, like like one does. Mm-hmm. Shayna came out and didn't want to be now, her friend. Yeah. We were talking in our texts about the entrances and, like, the way that, like, they sometimes took this, like, extra high-def video and it's yeah. like it's so apparently what I've learned is it's an 8K video camera that they're using. Yeah. Um, and I obviously it's on some sort of, you know, the the stabilization or whatever. But mm-hmm. it looks like a video game all of a sudden or like there's a fake background to me for some reason. But it's yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What are we saying? Uh, but I, I just thought that like the the women, especially on this show, maybe it's only because it's earlier in the show and they weren't being told to run to the ring. They took mm-hmm. advantage of it, and, like, there's so many, like, cool shots of, like, different people getting really cool entrances, whereas the dudes, almost every single one, whenever they would take that, <laughs> it would just be them, like, jogging past as, like, they're they're gone all of a sudden. Yeah I, yeah, I don't know if anyone told the guys that it was there. Yeah, no, you're right, though. It's, a, it's cool. I had told you, and it was exactly what I was thinking about. I first noticed this in the NFL. Yeah. If you'd be using the steady cam when, like, the players are running out on the field after a timeout. They'll okay. follow out with it or in the hut. It'll be like up against the huddle using that kind of a camera or the end zone celebrations. Mm-hmm. They would use it. And it's the same thing. I remember just thinking like, huh, that looks kind of weird. So when I saw the, you know, the entrances like, ah, so that's same thing. No, it was, it looked good for the most part. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Shayna Baszler, Tony storm. Nobody wants to be Billy's friend. Jillian Hall makes her return. The former, I believe she was what the image consultant for JBL at one time. And, also, yeah, she was like, part of his cabinet. Yeah, she likes to sing her th- her theme song. Yes, but the, Billy and Jilly, they're going to be a team. Uh, we get Ruby Riot coming out. Victoria returns. I had at my point. Feed Victoria, ladies. Like <laughs> I saw a lot of talk about how great this these matches were, and they were at moments. But man, this women's one, like, hey, somebody get up. 
Like nobody's yeah. doing anything, and Victoria's standing in the middle of the ring. Can we feed her, please? Uh, Peyton Royce would come out. Santana Garrett. It's like, oh, like, hopefully you're on like the main sh- mm-hmm. one of the main shows now, because she hasn't been on NXT for a while, so it was kind of a odd Appar- appearance. Like I saw someone reference that they think that she had been called up like two months ago, and then they just never used her <laughs> for an- the whole time. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Um, <laughs> Liv Morgan comes in at 13, join her uh, Riot Squad tag team partner. Um, I'm not really going over much of the eliminations here. I don't want to yeah, spend two hours on yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's fine. Just, we can, we can, uh, yeah. yeah. Some of these people are being eliminated as I'm mentioning them. I didn't, we, I didn't want to go both ways here and talk about it all night. Um, Rhea Ripley comes out at 14, followed at 15 by Charlotte. So interesting back-to-back entrances there. Yeah, uh, Bailey at this point slid under the rope and powerbombed Ruby Riot off the apron to eliminate her. Uh, Bailey has also throughout this matchup after her after entering number one, kind of been playing the outside the ring game, which mm-hmm. I'm not a huge. What'd fan you of. think of Bailey's uh, hair? I love the Cole thing just cracking <laughs> up because also, and I haven't seen anybody talk about this, and maybe we've just moved on from being upset about this. Yeah, do we need Jerry the King Lawler to do commentary <laughs> during the women's? Royal yeah. Rumble match. Yeah. That's it just seems like they're they they are so like defiant in like the the like the way that like hey, we could avoid so many complaints if we just did this one thing and like swap these two guys. <sighs> nope, let's do it the other way because why? Because fuck you. <laughs> like, hey, I got this crazy idea. How about Beth Phoenix? Does that is in that I seat? I was curious where she like I thought she would be involved in the show in some way, but well, yeah. she's NXT. She's NXT and I, I, you know, whatever. But yeah, let's have Jerry the King Lawler. But you know, the Michael Cole haircut was awesome. Bailey's great. She's mm-hmm. having a great year. Uh, Dana Brooke came out at 16. The girl that I feel like should be in the Lana role. They talk about her in the same way. It's always about <laughs> yeah. her, like, being yep. an underdog and overcoming the It's like, well, then just let Dana do that. I feel like people would also accept Dana a lot more easily than they do Lana. So no, you're not wrong, but Dana does a, she ends up taking that brutal fucking power bomb on the apron in this one for her elimination. Yeah. Yeah. She also, everyone literally just stood in the ring while she slowly climbed to the top rope and jumped on top of everybody. (laughs) Wasn't great. They did Uh, a decent job with the cameras of covering those moments up. Like we don't yeah, that, we don't watch them you know do the JR coil around in in, in a huddle but right. yeah uh, Tori Wilson made her return at seventeen Lacey Evans is out at eighteen Tori was tossed out by Shayna uh, and they missed the elimination of you know maybe the MVP of twenty twenty entered number one Bailey gets eliminated and we missed it <laughs> they had to go back and show a You're replay right. I missed, yeah. Because I can't remember what we were watching, like Tori lay on the ground or something instead. <laughs> I can't remember what was exactly happening. Uh, we don't miss number nineteen. It's Mickey James, my favorite, but you know she didn't win. Yeah. Um, and another well, great face to see in this one was Nikki Cross at number twenty. Apparently, I was not the only person confused at seventeen. By the way, when they flashed oh, Ric right. Flair's name up there and brought his his entrance music up, because like 18. yeah, yeah, it was eighteen. But yeah, on the uh, the subreddit for squared circle, apparently like they're in the live thread. I saw people mentioning it later on. They were like, there was this great, like three minutes of everyone being like, is Ric Flair joining the fucking women's Royal rumble? Like, cause it seems <laughs> like that's what's happening, but no, 
Yeah, no, it ended up not being the case. He was just, you know, accompanying and bothering Charlotte. Exactly, yeah. Thank goodness. Uh, Alicia Fox is out at 21. WWE legend, as she was referred to. Um, oh, and here comes another thing that you won't see him do in the men's Royal Rumble match, but let's have the truth do his <laughs> 24-7 BS in the women's Royal Rumble oh, match. Yeah. Um, at least Fox wins the belt momentarily. Uh, but then the whole Gulak and Tozawa and the whole crew come out. Mandy Rose is your 22nd entry. Truth wins the belt back after Fox was eliminated. Dakota Kai from NXT is 23. Carmella, going to take another stab at uh, earning a title shot, is your 24th entrant. And what? I just have here, Reginald is literally James Ellsworth now. Like, this is <laughs> when you've, you've recreated yeah. a character and then you saddled her with a gimmick that she had almost two years ago. I forgot about that. Even, You're right. They even did the shit where like she get knocked off the apron and he would catch her. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what you oh, did yeah. all of this with James. El- and oh, remember what else happened? James Ellsworth had a match with Becky Lynch when she was oh, feuding yeah. with Carmella. Like, damn it. <laughs> yep. You're right. I hadn't thought about that. That's totally the same story. The exact same thing. Goodness. You reinvented this character and then you just put her in the same spot. Yeah. Tamina's at 25. Uh, Naomi, like, her spot this year was she, like, fell on her back out of the ring and her mm-hmm. feet were up. Kind of. It's it's one of those things that it's like, <laughs> that's what's driving me nuts about the whole, like, the two feet thing and the way that they do this this ruling. Because right. it's like, it's so dumb. Like, you don't, you can just land on one foot as long as you're smart enough to not that's put true. down another foot and hop around. You can just get back in the ring. But no one ever yeah. just does that. Everyone does this like crazy stuff. Like, yeah, lay it on your back and then just not let your feet hit. Okay. Yeah. I guess like, you can just get back in. It, it took me a second because it happened. And I was like, well, she's out. Like, what, what are we even about? And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah. Anyway, good for her. Uh, like you said, she had a hell of a run, you know, had a hell of a match here. Lana's out at 26. Everyone's favorite underdog. Um, sure. She had many fans pulling for her. Alexa Bliss. Comes out at 27. She seems to be in a good mood so far, so that's a win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just... I mean, I don't know here. The Alexa situation was had to go one of two ways, and they went hard <laughs> left instead of the other. Because I was a little disappointed, only because you have created this this way about her. You've yeah. shown these abilities. You've done, And so it's like, all right, well, this is certainly an interesting opportunity to take advantage of Alexa Bliss's magical powers, and what do we do? Ah, Rhea Ripley throws her out before she can transform. <laughs> well, no, I thought it was like, this was this was where I was going to, sh- I was going to turn on this match completely if they <laughs> went and did the magic power thing, because it's like there's there's the, the TV trickery of, I know you paused, had to right. get everyone out of the ring, get all the people <laughs> right. back there, like, yeah. make sure we take a picture, find out where everybody's at so we can get people back in the right <laughs> spots. Like, yeah. It would have been such a fucking production to do, and it would have also confirmed that the pay per view is not live that we're watching. Like, <laughs> and it would have been so frustrating to me. So I'm glad that they decided to go with this direction for this specific. Like, if you, I'm glad you know if you want to do this storyline because it's uh, the only time that you can do these characters because there is no crowd. So like, why not take right. advantage of it? I get it. Do the you know run out of all your ideas with Alexa Bliss for now, but I I didn't want it on the pay per view. I was I was glad that they didn't. And then I ended up spoiling it for you because I was so happy that they didn't do it. <laughs> no, I didn't really. I didn't care. No, and I agree. Like they, they, they couldn't do it in this live format. It's just again from a standpoint of 
the story being told, it was kind of, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, anyway, yeah, she got dumped out by Rhea Ripley, who also had a great Rumble match. Uh, Ember Moon is your 28th entry. Uh, she's not, I think she's in, she's still an NXT superstar. Uh, Nia Jax is out at 29. Oh, that's a, it's a quite a, you know, favorable spot there for Nia. Uh, her and Shayna get together and start tossing folks out. Yeah, and, uh, and they went out of their way to make sure that you knew that number 30 has been decided. There's no surprise. There's no the man showing up. It's going to be Natalia, so calm your shit. <laughs> they apparently announced it on backstage on FS1. Yeah. That was, yep. If you watch that, you know that it was Natalia. Oh, my God. Uh, she enters Lana, Lana low-bridged Nia Jax out of the match. So... Hey, That's she got her comeuppance, I guess. Again. Again, though. Like, Lana's already gotten her <laughs> payback on Nia Jax once. Like, the story's over. You guys, she hasn't been on TV in three weeks. Anyways. Uh, Natty goes from babyface to heel, like, f- quickly for no reason. Like, she was sympathetically beaten up before the match, and then she gets in there and yeah, was mean to people. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair team up on Charlotte. I really do love this story. Like, this is all a very... You know, it's all well done here in this final three, definitely. Yeah. Um, the double feet dangling segment was a little long for my liking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Are, are we having like an action movie, like slow-mo moment here where like we make eye contact? Like, it's fine. It'll yeah. be a great clip in the WrestleMania videos and all that fun stuff. But when you're watching the match, it's like, you're the last two. Like, what? <laughs> are we having a moment? Like, fucking knock the other one off the uh, apron. Yeah, so. no, you're right. Um, but it was, you know, whatever. They just I thought they milked that a little long. Um, they then worked together, get back in the ring. Okay. Pumping in a This Is Awesome chant is always going to bother me. Yep, it Even drives me nuts. Awesome. Even if it's awesome. I'm not saying the fans wouldn't have said it here. Yeah. But I just, I don't like the corporateness behind it now. It's, nope. it's very very dystopian, like, <laughs> rollerball shit, man. Like, mm-hmm. they fucking turn, they understood. Anyways, um. Bianca wins, and she should have won, and it was great, and she had a great moment after the match, and it was, you know. Yeah, it was good stuff. You love to see it, and uh, the Rumble match overall was pretty entertaining. Like I said, early on, there was, like, more of the (laughs) – everyone's just kind of, like, hanging out. You know, usually you see that in, like, the middle or near the end of the match. When you got to the the 15-16s, that's where it just, like, they just ramped up, and they didn't stop Mm -hmm. from then. Absolutely, yeah. When Rhea and Charlotte came in like mid-match, yeah, I felt like it was really, really good after that. Um, speaking of really, really good, Roman Reigns beat Kevin Owens in the last man standing match. Like I texted you, it was hard to be too excited about a match that I just felt like there was no chance in hell Kevin Owens was going to get the win. Yeah, yeah. But they still managed to go out there and have a really awesome, like memorable match, memorable spots throughout mm-hmm. this thing. Kevin just threw his body around. Um, and... And they they had a fantastic, awkward, long moment uh, of goddamn, let's fight with yeah. these handcuffs. Right. Yeah, Kevin Owens' chances of getting to be part of like some fondly remembered all-time great title match probably went out the window when they will never <laughs> be able to show this again. Because, they yeah, Roman gets handcuffed. It was a great idea. Um, I am curious, though, like, because John Pollock pointed out, he's like, I bet you if you go and watch it in, like, tomorrow, that'll be edited down to, like, nothing. And I, was, <laughs> I am curious right. if they just fix it, and they're just like, yep. fuck it. We're, we're just going to get rid of all this stupid downtime. Yep, you're let's, probably right about that. Let's digitally erase this second referee that came in and counted to five for no reason and then yep. stopped and stared at us. <laughs> 
It was also like the WWE machine behind something. It I'd seen it and didn't think anything of it, but they were hyping up like last man standing matches. And they showed the Batista John Cena match that they had in like 2007 or eight, I don't mm-hmm. know. This is how Cena beat Batista in a last man standing match. He oh, okay. To the bottom turnbuckle and he couldn't get on his feet and you know, whatever. Gotcha. So I was just like, Oh, that's, I wonder if that's a coincidence, but yeah, Owens is about to win. Reigns pulled the ref, hurt the ref. And then you think, okay, well, he's going to get out. Paul Heyman's sweaty hands couldn't get the handcuffs <laughs> unlocked. Yeah. And Reigns had to like poop squat to show that he was like standing and he wasn't <laughs> actually still down. It was just, and then he literally like stands up after he gets out and just walks over. Kevin Owens is like, oh, yes, thank, thank you, sir. Here you go. And just wrote when just starts choking him and wins yeah. the match. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause that was, it just felt like there needed to be more like Kevin Owens didn't need to be as out of it as he was at that point. Like there was so much downtime for him to recover. <laughs> so much time to rest. Oh. I mean, literally Roman just, just stands up, walks straight over to Kevin Owens and just chokes him out. <laughs> Gotta go home. Gotta go yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. If you could have done that, you should have done that at the beginning of the match. Uh, oh. Anyways. No, but it was, it, it was one of those things though, that it just, it bothers me so much that on a show where we have two 30-man matches where we're going to count down from 10 30 times, we have a match where we're going to count up from 10 or count up to 10 to win. You're not wrong. The last man standing matches are kind of obnoxious. Like You, you can do yeah. them, and you can do them at right. good times, and they did a good job of building to it and having like the reasons behind it. Right. But, but just on, on this show of all shows, like we've so much counting. <laughs> You're asking way too much of us here. All right, that's a lot of counting. You're gonna have round robin tournaments. Next thing we know, I can't keep track of that <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah. And then it was time for the main event men's rumble match. We get another interesting one and two that the WWE just had to announce on social media early in the day on Sunday because mm-hmm. that's a thing now. It's Edge and Orton. They brawl. Sami Zayn's three. Ali is number four. Uh, so we kind of get some a little bit of an alliance there. Randy Orton completely uh, healed, by the way, from his burns. Yeah, the heel. Yeah, my goodness, he must have went to a some kind of magic heel man. Uh, Jeff Hardy is out at five. Dolph Ziggler is your sixth entry. Randy is a bloody mess. We're told. I saw him after that, and I didn't even notice he was bleeding. But they yeah. said he was a bloody mess. Uh, Hardy's eliminated. Nakamura is seven. Carlito. Caribbean cool making his return mm-hmm. at number eight. Uh, jacked. Looks jacked. And it was a Samoa Joe that said, what's in those apples? I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we get a new day back to back as Xavier is nine. Big E comes out at 10. Uh, John Morrison is your 11th entry. Uh, Ali cost Xavier and uh, Big E would make him pay. But it's still, it managed to break up the new day there. Ricochet is your 12th entry. Elias comes out at 13 and eliminates Carlito. Nobody wanted to see that. Very, you know, if there were fans, <laughs> they would have been very upset about it. Um, we get our NXT call up. It's Damian Priest at 14. Just cool to see him in there with Edge. Yeah. And just think about the distance between their current paths, you know, where they stand in their careers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's what, the only thing I'll say about you know everybody you know spoiler Edge wins this after entering at number one yeah he lays on I know it's Edge and we're not allowed mm-hmm. to say anything bad about Edge he's in this whole fucking match 
and he has like three moments because like, it's all he can stand for. There's there's more than that. Like there's like I know. There's, I'm sorry. I'm sarcastic. There's multi because he there's there. It's just it's very clear that he was wanting to get a little bit of action with like a very specific group of guys. Like all these guys, right. he's never gotten a chance to wrestle with. That right. he gets you know in there and they do like a few things. But yeah, no, it's never very long and it's never very highlighted. That was the other issue was they weren't highlighting him enough with those moves. And so then when he does go down, he'll go down for long periods of time yes. and just right. like lays there recovering. Yeah, you will forget Edge is in this match a few times. Yes. Um, Miz is your 15th entry. He and Morrison have decided they're going to start a feud with Bad Bunny, apparently. There was a backstage thing before this, yes. but he goes over and destroys DJ equipment that probably doesn't belong to Bad Bunny anyway. <laughs> no, I'm at, when once it's being destroyed, I imagine that it's a WWE prop <laughs> item, like item anyways. Right. Um, Bunny would come out and dis- there would be a distraction. Damian Priest eliminates love, Miz and Morrison. I love that Bunny comes out, does nothing physical, but... Right. Just in getting, like, distracting someone and getting them eliminated, like, Corey's like, oh, he's got the hang of it right here. I was like, yeah, the hang of what WWE's all about, distracting the other guys. So that way they lose right. the match, not even wrestling. Right. Well, didn't he do a dive? Like, didn't you- He does end up diving on him, yeah. But yeah. Still, it was just, you're right. He, the, no. But he was, like, the reason they were eliminated was the distraction, apparently, is what they're saying. Right. Uh, Riddle is your 16th entrant, followed by Daniel Bryan at 17. <laughs> The sentimental favorite, uh, 18, Team Hell No member Kane makes his entrance, which is like, Kane. Well, like, you're a mayor. Yeah. Go do your job. What are you doing here? He is donating his earnings to some <laughs> charity. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? <sighs> he choke slams everyone. Damien Priest, though, eliminates Kane. So nice moment there. Yeah. Uh, and then King Corbin came out, 19. Um, Edge is napping at this point. Otis is out at 20. He's gone full bushwhacker at this point, literally doing the arm, <laughs> like swinging while he was. I mean, I'm, I'm here for it, but it's just funny to think uh, that this guy was your money in the bank briefcase holder mm-hmm. in yeah. a major storyline with Mandy Rose as his love interest. Well, look where Mandy Rose is at. Like that was, I was going to mention that. Like she looked really good in the match, but they have obviously no plans to do anything with her right now. And it's, it's no, ridiculous. They, no, she got the, the dreaded, Oh, hey, you and Dana Brooke both have blonde hair. Yeah, you two should be a tag team. I think that's a great idea right yeah. now. I mean, that's, and that's how and, they came to that decision. You went and during this like long storyline that we put you through, like actually got way better in the ring and like tried. <laughs> now let's yeah. just not do anything with you. Yep. So sad. Uh, Dominic Mysterio is your 21st entry. He would eliminate King Corbin, continuing that electrifying feud. Uh, Lashley representing the Hurt Business, the only member of Hurt Business in the Rumble match, which I felt was unfair. Um, he's your 22nd entry. He just starts tossing folks out. Superhero Hurricane Helms is your 23rd entry. Yeah, He attempts a uh, double choke slam on Big E and Lashley. It uh, didn't go well for Hurricane, and he also got thrown out on his ass. It looked bad. Oh, yeah. Now, that was rough. <laughs> he did he did an interview like after the match, and yeah, he said about as much that that was not nice. <laughs> um, the twenty fourth entry, Christian, the man who should have won this damn thing. That was the coolest one. That was the coolest entry of the night. I feel like the the comeback right. of Christian. Yeah, the look on Edge's face when he saw Christian coming out, and you know it was all great, and it all makes you really sad that there aren't fans. So, 
But that like, and I don't want to steal the idea, but once they said it, it's been all in my mind as well. What is happening in the medical world that like all of these guys are just now like, yep, you're cleared. You're coming back. We're all good now. <laughs> well, Christian was kind of a, didn't he kind of make that decision on his own type of a situation? I mean, kind of, but they were talking what, about like, you know, his brain being like kind of in a bad spot as far as the concussions <laughs> and stuff go. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought his was concussions. And so, yeah, just the, that he's suddenly back and, like, you know, not looking bad and, like, being involved and doing stuff. Like, it's just, well, it's incredible. But. This also could be it. You know what I mean? Like, this. Yeah, that's true. You know, and, I mean, that's just the risk you take, I guess. Put a few more bumps on your card. Um, yeah. Anyways, he and Edge have a nice moment. Sorry, now I'm going to be the next V1. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he and Edge have a moment, hugging the ring. Uh, they then throw Riddle out as he was kind of, like, standing there with his arms, uh, you know, as if he wanted to be involved or something. <laughs> AJ Styles comes out at 25 with his manager, Omos. Rey Mysterio is 26. And he has a sponsor because these guys are this fucking NASCARs fucking now. Weird. This was a, such a weird segment. Like, to have, yeah. like, his entrance be, like, a commercial. <laughs> right. I'm so confused. But it was. Get ready for this. Get ready for AJ Styles brought to you by Ford pickup trucks. <laughs> and it'll just be a truck commercial playing while he comes uh, out like this is dangerous yeah road i can't out. wait for fucking baron corbin brought to you by carhartt and he's got a jacket well, they already on do the, as he comes <laughs> right they already do the matches they'll do those weird like this match is brought to you by geico oh okay i haven't heard, i haven't noticed oh those. yeah yeah smackdown i feel like does more of that than anything okay uh yeah he's sponsored by victoria beer Drink the smooth, refreshing taste of Victoria beer. That's right, folks. Ray Mysterio is sponsored by Victoria beer. He's we will he's be telling you more about Victoria beer in the next <laughs> one. It's so bad. He's proudly Mexican, just like Victoria beer. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called Victoria? Uh, Seamus is out at twenty-seven. Oh, I should mention, almost saves AJ. He then pulls Big E out of the match, which that wasn't a popular decision. No, but I do like the idea of a Big E AJ program. Oh yeah, that's what I feel like you'll probably get. So, I'm which okay that'll be, you know, IC title, big win for Big E, you know. And you know, it'll happen on the the SmackDown right before WrestleMania, like all the other AJ matches. Right. Yeah, maybe we're a year away. This is, you know, I think we were. He beats AJ, and then you know, we see what happens. After that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's a very no, no climbing the ladder saying, yeah. kind of a program. No, and, but you know. I just the idea that like we're a year away from even letting him wrestle on WrestleMania. So this week, this year, he has to wrestle on SmackDown. Just made me well, laugh. no, I'm not. I'm not agreeing with your terrible <laughs> SmackDown idea. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Cesaro comes out at 28. The returning, and as soon as I thought about this being a possibility, I was like, that should have been my pick. Seth Rollins came out at 29. Yeah, I was like, damn it. That, I wish I'd known about that one. Uh, Braun Strowman came out at 30. It's like, God, do you still work here? Is there, <laughs> is there any, not you a act. I think you could be a really big action star. Like you could be everybody's favorite, like big lug friend, you know? There you go. Like yeah. The guy get, blood he should sport. be, he should be. Yeah. And, and what did you just say? Did you say blood sport? Yeah. The guy from blood sport and revenge of the nerds. And yes, know, that, uh, that's the exact ogre. character I was thinking of. The Harley guy from blood sport. Yeah, he'd be a great ogre. Uh, anyways, he's in this Rumble match, unfortunately, and throws like everybody out that you wanted to see win. Yep. Uh, <laughs> no, Riddle I was and, texting yeah, you yeah. as this was happening, and I was just like, <laughs> no, there goes that guy. I was like, well, that, now I'm lost yeah. interest. I'm like, oh, no, I lost even more interest. I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus, my final hope. It's gone. 
Yep. Oh. It was terrible. Uh, Riddle and Brian had a nice back and forth, just beating the shit out of each other. It was, you know, a little breakdown of the match here. Um, Rollins would then sneak attack Brian and toss him out of the match. That could be a nice, interesting yeah. single WrestleMania match right there. Mm-hmm. For sure. And and Rollins is on SmackDown now. So um, He then eliminated Riddle with help from Strowman. Uh, Rollins and Braun kind of created an alliance against Edge and Christian. Doesn't last. Braun can't be trusted. Um, <laughs> Edge would end up. Edge ends up getting the victory after Orton. Oh, we forgot to mention Orton got his leg hurt in the first like five minutes of the match, and then laid on a table, just waiting to piss me off. I just knew it was gonna be something to do with the end of this match. Yeah. Fortunately, Edge was ready for the sneak attack and tosses Orton. Mm-hmm. Edge wins the Royal Rumble. The young upstart gets his opportunity to main event WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. No, it was one of those things where, you know, when it happened, I was like, well, I guess that makes sense. Like you're, you want to yeah. make this be a big match. So why not have it get there through winning this match? And what do you think? I've seen the heavy favorite seems to be him and Roman. That's the, that's the match I want to see. I feel like they're going to give us him and Drew. <laughs> well, I mean, you said it perfectly right there. That's how they work. I mean, if we're all like, oh, man, Edge taking on the tribal chief, you know, yeah, like yeah. trying to you know strike him down, blah, blah, blah. And Roman would win probably. And it'd be a big win for Roman. Like, no, instead, he'll fight Drew in a kilt. They're like, hey, Edge, you were on that Viking show, weren't you? Like, why don't you come out in your Vikings gear and you and, you and <laughs> Drew be, can have a fight? There'll be a few weeks where him and like like Seamus gets involved and he gets in the middle of them yelling <laughs> at, at each other and stuff. Oh, yeah. There's still the Seamus cloud hanging out there. Oh, so, so there you go. Royal Rumble. You know, good, great win. Good to see for Bianca Belair. Truly, you know, kind of a star-making performance. I'd imagine her and Sasha will probably, you know, go one-on-one at Mania. And mm-hmm. We'll, you know, that that'll was be solid stuff. And you know, the story of Edge is one that I think everybody can kind of get on board with. It's one of those like, you know, everybody's pretty happy about it. Yeah, no, it was a good show. I enjoyed it. It was a little bit long, but it was kind of expected when you have two Raw Rumbles that it's going to eh. be a little long. It was still over by eleven, though. That's true. Which is better than sometimes. That now brings us to our time travel portion of the show. So let's spin the wheel, make the deal, and head back to the land that was the winter of 1996 with the four things. Four. The four things time capsule. The four things are. Number one. The February 5th, the British supermarket chain's stock genetically modified tomato puree, the first genetically genetically modified food to be sold in the country, and crazy people have been bitching about it ever since. <laughs> as they do, as they do. No, yeah, that's I didn't realize it was that recently that that had happened. Yeah, yeah, back in 1996. Uh number 2, on February 10th, the IBM computer Deep Blue became the first computer to win a game of chess against a reigning human chess champion in Gary Kasparov. And we have just been waiting for them to take over since that day. <laughs> Does this also mean, though, that Gary Kasparov was like the guy that lost to the dumbest chess AI we ever made that could beat a human? Well, Because wouldn't mean, it have only gotten cr- better since then? Or is it just like that was the... I mean, it's still a computer, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that would have probably been the worst 
you would have been able to get the computer at. You know, if you were going to yeah. play a computer in chess, you would have wanted to play against that computer because, yeah, nowadays you wouldn't have <laughs> any hope. So then also a little bonus thing here on February 13th, Howard Stern announced he would be making the film Private Parts, apparently. There's I mean, uh, the who, some super fan of Howard Stern loves the On This Day website and they oh, fill really? in so they much fill it up. like every like I, I like anytime we're in the 90s there's multiple like Howard Stern debuts in this city and this mm-hmm. city and it's just like who is keeping track of all this right like how do you feel about Howard Stern you know his mm-hmm. show as entertainment value or whatever I do like I love that movie like it's, it's a, a really movie. well done yeah. really well done biopic you know Definitely, I, I like I like that movie as well. the 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 poster for it scared me as a child. I didn't know what was happening, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have gone another direction than promoting that. You know, a building is Howard's penis, but you know, hey, that's, <laughs> that's how they work. Number three, taking a look at the American cinemas uh, releases in the lead up to tonight's event, we see the following releases on February second. It was the movie Black Sheep making thirty two million dollars, which we talked last week about Beverly Hills Ninja. A year right. later, uh, but yeah, I am a big Black Sheep fan. Uh, that's a good one. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the cabin stuff alone is mm-hmm. all time great. Uh, it would take on the film White Squall, releasing that same weekend, making ten million dollars. Isn't that one of those like Disney movies? I have no idea. White Squall I specifically, I'm not sure. Uh, mm-hmm. February 9th, a movie that sounds like it was trying to compete against White Squall, Broken Arrow, released, making 148 million dollars. Not bad. That's, uh, I think, John Travolta and Christian Slater. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, It would take on the film Beautiful Girls, which made $10 million that same weekend. Is that the Peter Jackson movie? That I did not look up. I did not check on Beautiful Girls. Sorry, it doesn't matter. It might be. It might not be. It might not be. Who knows? February 16th, (laughs) uh, Muppet Treasure Island released, making $34 million. Awesome, awesome film. Plus, it has freaking Tim Curry in it, so it's a can't miss. Uh, Bottle Rocket released, making $400,000. And And the Wes Anderson universe begins. Yeah, the Wilson brothers were debuted to the world. Uh, Also, Happy Gilmore released, making $41 million. Another solid comedy that I'm, you know, people of a certain age, I'm sure, have a certain affection for. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I can't remember who it is. One of the guys in The Widest Kids You Know, Zach, I think it is. Uh, in the widest kids, you know, revealed recently, he can quote like he could sit there and just talk the entire movie all the way through because of how many times he saw it. Uh, there was a time in my life where I sadly probably could have done the same thing. <laughs> Number four, taking a look at the world of popular music in the Billboard Hot 100 charts, was a song we've surprise, surprise played here before at number one. And Mariah Carey and the Boys to Men, ah. with their song One Sweet Day. Well, 96 is just a wash as far as that goes. That, that mm-hmm. song, I feel like that song's there forever. But at number two was a song that, well, we might have played here before. I'm unsure. It was hitting that deja vu feeling for me, but it's also possible I just remember it like it played at the Kroger that I worked at at some point, um, and I hated <laughs> it because of that. Uh, but it was a song by the UK pop duo Everything But The Girl. Do you know what the song is, Tony, by that name? Oh, man, that sounds really familiar. <laughs> I don't, though. The song is called Missing. I step off the train. I'm walking down your street again. I passed your door. But you don't live there anymore. It's years since you've been there. 
it's it's I, one of, it's one of those you had the exact same recognition point that I did, and I was like, oh yeah, right. no, I do know this one. <laughs> well, I feel, that song too. I also feel like I've never heard any of the rest of that song. Like when it played in grocery stores, I feel like it was just that chorus over and over because that was the only part of that song I recognize, and I recognize it very well. Oh goodness, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that uh, that one, but no. um, yeah, that song would end up making it to number two in the U.S. Actually, it was originally released in 1994 on Atlantic Records. Uh, it didn't have any success until it was remixed by Todd Terry and re-released the next year, resulting in worldwide success, peaking at near the top of the charts in many countries. The release of the remixed version of Missing gave an indication of the band's future experimentation with more electronic dance music on their subsequent oh. albums, according to Wikipedia. And their string of number one hits that followed. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but that brings us... So. To February 17th of 1996, to a little building in Philly lovingly called the ECW Arena, where a growing cult was heating up. This was like, we're going to have to get a hose at some point if this <laughs> crowd get, I mean, you could just see it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you watch, like, the progression if you watch these shows over the years. I mean, this crowd on this night, I think they would kill someone if, if Paul asked them to. Like, they are... <laughs> Full on bloodthirsty cult at this point, damn near. Absolutely, um, but yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, the, I don't have any other inter- like info leading up to the show, but do you have anything? No, I mean, no, this is um, early 1996. They're you know having their crossovers with WWE, uh, WWF for you know for the, some of their first opportunities at this time. Um, the dream of pay per view is on the horizon. It would have probably come in 1996, but. Mass Transit happens in 1996, ah. um, as well as Sandman being crucified by Raven when Kurt Angle was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't ha- so yeah they they shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. The Mass Transit situation is you know obviously one of the ugliest things in professional wrestling. New Jack, and it's why New Jack's not here, right? What do you mean not here? Oh, like, he's um, dealing with no. that specific thing. Oh, no, no, he's in jail for a different reason on this Oh, night. okay, okay. The mass transit situation, I think, happens in the spring or the early... I can't remember exactly, so... Um, oh, okay. And, you know, just, again, to talk about how awful a person New Jack is, because he gets glorified way more than I think he deserves to. <laughs> and uh, the young man involved in that mass transit himself, he's passed away. Yeah. You know, a few years sure. after that, was really depressed and had... A, you know, I'm not saying what he did wasn't... did deserve some blame, but, you know, New Jack being a piece of shit that he is doing what he did so in that oh, yeah. so yeah so that's where the company stands they're as hot as they've really ever been and mass transit situation the crucifying thing with sandman you know it, they were just they kept scaring the sponsors scaring the pay-per-view providers mm-hmm. and so it wouldn't be until 97 with barely legal when they would finally make it so well i mean you know bringing in brian pillman to do what he does here probably isn't going to help with your right. sponsors either so i yeah you know what i don't know if i've ever heard that one be mentioned specifically because you're right like yeah who's Nobody would want anything to do with Brian <laughs> Philbin after especially what he does here. So, Ugh. yeah, they, I mean, they are the true outlaw supreme at this point. I mean, this is about yeah. as wild and crazy, a, you know, as things ever get. And so the show, we're going to open in the, kind of the same way we've seen a few of these tapes kind of be edited to open where it's like they just take the in- intro that Joey Styles does in the ring and like talking segment and they just move yeah. it to the middle of the show. And so we just <laughs> cut to the start of one of these matches um, yeah, but yeah we get some graphics and we cut right to the action. Three men are already in the ring. Joey Styles is seemingly mid thought talking about Sandman wanting a match with Raven. And it's match number one. It's the bad crew in dread 
taking on Dirt Bike Kid, Donnie Allen, and what was his last name? Dito Sendoff? Yeah, you got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Judge Dredd, which you notice they tiptoe all around trying to avoid that copyright of course. problem there by just calling him Dredd. Yeah. This is... This is this, this, this match is terrible, but yes. this atmosphere is so much fun because oh. this crowd is like a comedy club, and they are just throwing tomatoes as soon as these guys get in there. Like they mm-hmm. want nothing to do with any of this. No, no, not at all. They don't care. They're just like booing everybody that's in the ring, and even the announcers yeah. are like, "All six men not very popular here at the ECW <laughs> arena." Oh yeah, that, you have. There's a sign in the crowd that says "Bad Crew." Crews marked out and replaced with jobbers. So that's <laughs> where the things stand on that. Um, Dirt Bike Kid might be one of the most unimpressive looking professional wrestlers in the history Dude, of professional wrestling. Yeah, it's bad. Like that was that was the one that was specifically standing out to me the most. It's like, why is Dirt Bike Kid getting I, any money? I went to high school with kids that would dress in that shit, like to school, <laughs> and they look just as ridiculous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tiger Driver on Donnie Allen from a bad crew member. Who cares what the who's names are? Still nameless. The announce like Joey Styles takes doesn't give any effort to tell us who the bad crew are. Just no. bad crew did this, right? Um, yeah, exactly. Dread drops dirt bike across the top rope. We get bad crew with a second rope heart attack variation on Donnie Allen for the one two three in a match that could not have ended fast enough. The bad crew pick up the victory here. Yes. Um, along with Dread, who was but, probably audition- auditioning to replace 911 on this night, and he failed. <laughs> Replacing 911 instead, in runs the Sandman, as he has a cane for everyone, and the fans fucking lose their goddamn minds. And yeah, that's instead yeah. of having it like Joey Styles, welcome to the show. This is kind of treated to me. It felt like, you know, that that delayed title card and like a movie after you get the first mm-hmm. little action sequence. That's right. what this oh, yeah. felt like. No, it was not not bad. I would have done it about in half as much time as they did. Like, yeah. Who I wouldn't have finished that. Who cares? Like he, I would have had him interrupt 30 that seconds. match. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 30 seconds after the bell rang. Just go out there and hit everybody <laughs> with the kendo stick and just let's go. Um, For sure. Yeah, no, good open there. Man, they can't put Sandman on this show enough for these fans. No, that is the crazy. Yeah, they are they in love with Sandman. love the Sandman and everything he does. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyways, we now go immediately to, if you didn't. You got to get the, the edit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to motion to stop. Um, no, no. Yeah, we now go to match number two. Because, hey, if a crowd wasn't already disgruntled enough, let's see if we can cause a riot in the first 10 minutes of this show. Goodness. It's El Porto Ricuano, who's actually luckily has enough of a report with the fans that I think he keeps them, you know, in their seats at least, taking on Spiros Greco. <laughs> you don't remember Spiros Greco? He's a famous ECW Best wrestler. Best I could find on him as I think he was a predominantly an independent guy in the Northeast who trained with the Malinkos and was okay. maybe even a partner of Dean's at some point. Hmm. All right. Yeah. But not, 
I, I, he literally appeared on screen, and I was just like, "What universe am I living in right now?" Like, I don't yeah. know who this is or what. The, I've never seen this before. So, uh, it's weird. It is, yeah, yeah it's strange. I mean, he's making his debut here tonight. Uh, we're he's still- not the worst in the world either. Like, he's yeah, he's fine. Uh, we're told you know, R- you know, is still looking for his first win. Yeah. And I just have the terrible music that's been placed over the Spiros Greco entrance is like a 2001 metal, new metal sounding track. Um, right. Because that's what a guy called the Greek God would come out to. Exactly. Yeah. The, this match gets underway and there is immediately a these guys suck chant from the fans <laughs> as they're doing the early moves. Um, they speed yeah. up a terrible knee lift by Spiros misses Rakenio completely and the crowd hates it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, not good. Go ahead. Yeah, not good. Not good. Leaping clothesline from Spiros Greco, and now the crowd are just booing for the fun of it. Uh, Greco with a snapmare takeover, followed by a double hand takedown, and then chokes Puerto. Uh, Greco tosses Puerto to the outside. Uh, you know, come back in, catapults him throat first into the bottom rope. He can't pull the crowd back at this point. They're completely and, shitting on him. And he's just doing every single throat move you've ever seen in a match. Yep. Like he's yep. just doing that move to Arcanio right now. Yeah, no, it's this crowd would have, and I know it's the gimmick, but man, the crowd would have loved for Puerto to just fired up and won this match. I think they would have lost their shit to fire up at all. Like you don't have to even win it. Just fire up once. Like he gets no moves, but instead they're chanting this at Spiros as the match ends. Did you not catch the you fuck sheep chant? Ah, that's what they're saying. Wow. Okay. That seems a little harsh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Greco hits a pump handle side slam for the one, two, three. Your winner is Spiros Greco. So, yeah, they need to do something to turn the tide because this crowd is going to explode. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, this is not a good start to the show. No. Uh, we then cut to Fonzie cutting a promo with Taz in the ring. He's got a very mildly orange shirt on. Yeah, that'll calm him down. Let's put Alfonso in the ring and let him talk shit to him all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Joey Styles gives uh, Fonzie shit, says you have to separate your whites from your colors in the the wash. Uh, And we go to match number three. It's Taz with Bill Alfonso taking on everyone's favorite, Joel Hartgood. (laughs) Joel looks like a wrestler. Like, I'll say, like, I was like, all right. True. Um, I looked him up. He, he, he's around for a little bit of this kind of stuff, but he doesn't last long. So, well, the fans are chanting Taz is going to kill you. At least they like Taz. So there's something yes, to yes. at least like in this match, even though this yeah. isn't going to be a good match. Uh, Taz gets the go behind lifts and slams him like it's amateur wrestling. Big clothesline by Taz gets a big reaction, a belly to belly Taz plex half and half suplex by Taz. Alfonso then, gets Styles fired up by insinuating that he's going to invite his sister over for dinner, which that cracked me up. Yes. No. <laughs> so he just goes, dinner? Oh, so then he locks on the Taz mission, the Katahajime, and your winner by submission is Taz. As Fonzie blows the whistle, and Taz gets the mic and says, just another victim. Just another victim. Right. Uh, but then yeah, here like- comes damage control. Yeah, EC- ECW's personal medics, damage control, with their stretcher come out. To uh, escort Mr. Hartgood, uh, Taz is having none of that for some reason. He's just mean spirited. Just a dick. Uh, and that's true. Dino Sendoff, Dirt Bike Kid, Donnie Allen all come out. 
and I couldn't wait for Taz to suplex the dirt bike kid. Um, <laughs> they were all hit with just vicious German suplexes, like like right on their head German suplexes. Oh, like man. dirt bike kid lands on the crown of his skull. Like it is ridiculous. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, Mikey Whipwreck <laughs> then comes out and nails Bill Alfonso. The crowd, the crowd, man, they love Mikey. He is on that short list with Sandman of people that they just worship. Um, mm-hmm. Nails Alfonso, hits a drop kick on Taz, followed by a Hurricanrana. He's all fired up, but it's Taz. And it's it's not going to end well for him. He catches him <laughs> coming off the top, hits an overhead suplex, and then locks on the Katacha May submission. Yeah. And uh, I don't even remember. I think we just cut away. I don't, I don't know if yep. anybody stops him or how we stop The him. fans started chanting for Sabu, but we just cut away to right. something else. And I was like, okay. Um, so, yeah, now we go to Joey Styles, who's welcoming us to the show. And so if you watch this and you're like, this format feels funky. Like, this feels like the beginning of the show. Yeah. You're right. This is the beginning of a show. This is <laughs> a lot of these, especially the ones that have been added recently to the network, like mm-hmm. these super shows or these kind of the pre-pay-per-view super shows. These were all usually shot for TV. Yeah. So you can also find the hardcore TV episodes from around these same times. Mm-hmm. And you can Get watch how they're edited. How the, yeah, you can see how they edit these shows for television. So Gotcha. These are just like the VHS live copies. Because you even later get Styles throwing to break yes. during a match. Yeah, there's one of, the, one of the matches where it's like, well, this yeah. was clearly on the t- TV show. So. So it's kind of what makes it, it makes it a little bit interesting when you're watching this, like kind of how the format works out like that. So, but yeah, we're welcome to the show. Three matches in by Joey Styles. He <laughs> says tonight will be the most extreme hours of wrestling. Then the lights go out, and we hear him going, "Who the hell are you?" And when they come back up, Brian fucking Pillman is here with yeah. a pimp cane, and the crowd is fucking like losing their like absolutely losing their mind, like they're fucking going bananas. I mean, you it's awesome. Think- it is amazing. It's an amazing moment. You know, if you put, you got to put you put this into like comparison. I think of Jericho at like All In. Yeah, yeah. It's like that level of just because you got to think this kind of shit wasn't happening in a lot, especially a star of his level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like defecting and showing up in ECW, like that. You know that really. I mean, since Austin, oddly enough, like yeah. since his you know Hollywood Blonde's partner, really that somebody yep. made the pit stop here. And also because, and if you were a smart mark at this time, reading up, you know, you were following mm-hmm. internet stuff. This was when he was playing Bischoff against everybody and said, "No, no, let me go here and <laughs> I'll come back." And then yeah. he went and signed with Vince and you know played everybody and did a great job at it. But he's also, if you just had to, you know, think of W, you know, think of the world of wrestling in 1996, what WCW and WWF looked at, and if you had to make a short list of people that fit in ECW. Brian Pillman would be at the top of that list. Like true. I wish that he had had a like year long run or something, at least <laughs> like it just would have been really fun to see yeah. Brian Pillman doing whatever he wants. Every That's night, true. You know? That is true. Yeah. It would have been cool. Um, so yeah, this is, he's, you know, kind of taking his while, you know, kind of soaking it in the crowds, losing their minds. And then the fans start singing about Eric Bischoff just as he begins talking. So here's the start of that. announcer. You know why? Because I just had an announcer in Atlanta, Georgia take away 
my constitutional rights. I have been fired by Eric Bischoff. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's also just hard to like, uh, like his intensity. You know, there's yes. not a lot of people that have it. You know, it's got that like Scott Steiner 1999 2000 quality where like you literally felt like he might just start beating up everybody in the front row because yeah, he, or especially like Joey Styles who he's like talking to oh, yeah. at that point. Styles, I'm surprised Styles didn't piss himself because <laughs> I just it's literally. I mean, he's called the loose cannon for a reason. I mean, mm-hmm. it, throughout this entire promo, I just felt like he was going to punch Joey Styles in the face at some point. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I didn't know when. Um, oh. Yeah. yeah, he says Eric can't take his rights away because he's in. Well, he kind of fumbles this. That's initially. why he came to Philadelphia. So that way he can't have yeah. his rights taken away because they made the Constitution here. Right. I was like, oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, but okay. Right. Everyone's kind of like, ah, all right, move on. Let's just stop. Um, yeah. <laughs> calls Eric a former coffee gopher for Vern Gagne and calls him a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> he's just. The fans lose it when he th- throws in the first fucking piece of shit. Oh, yeah. He's. Out of his mind oh. here. And, and then, like you said, we were talking earlier where th- th- at some point Joey's going to start throwing the brakes. He tries to throw the brake here, and Pillman's yeah. just like, no, no, no. I'm running the show because I'm fucking Brian Pillman. I would imagine the TV probably does go to break right there. I can and see I bet, the case. And I'll bet the rest of this wasn't on the TV. <laughs> probably like, I'll not. bet they censored him saying fucking piece of shit. And then yeah. Joey tossed a break, and that was probably the end of the segment. That would make sense. So <laughs> Pillman tries to turn the crowd on him, and they cheer for him. And so then he's like, you fucking yeah. idiots, you don't understand what I'm talking about. And yep. he goes in on them here. More, you know what Eric Bischoff is? Eric Bischoff is each and every one of these motherfucking smart marks rolled up in a one giant piece of shit. I guess... I guess you guys didn't get that. Smart marks. What's a smart mark? A mark with a high IQ? Johnson and piss in this hell. 
Yeah, he goes full Jim Morrison there. Oh, dude. Like, he's just losing, like, just rambling on about, like, all this Mark stuff. And it is just wild that this is all part of this. Ridiculous. It's great. And and he literally does everything he can until these people finally are upset with him. Yes. Like, he was finally like, I'm going to piss in this building. And that was when (laughs) they couldn't take no more. (laughs) For a second. For a second, yeah, you're they're right. going to start right. chanting, I mean, let him piss later, but... I know. Well, they can't help me morons sometimes. But yeah, Todd <laughs> Gordon, Paulie Dangerously, and the franchise come out. I thought the franchise was a nice touch, because franchise mm-hmm. is not a good guy. But yeah. he's coming out here... You to know, defend this, this company, shoot. yeah. It's a shoot. You know what I mean? I just thought that was a nice, like, bring out the heel, who's also kind of the face of your company, but it shows, like, oh, this... You know, you can tell it's real because Douglas is out there. Yeah. Um, yep. Maybe I'm looking too much into it. That's just what I gathered from it. I mean, the problem is, is that none of these guys that aren't Brian Pillman can act well enough to make it feel like a real shoot, even if they're trying to. Si- they're saying the right things, but their right. acting is so bad. Well, Todd Gordon was <laughs> never great in these situations. Todd like, Gordon wasn't great. Even Doug, you know, not Doug, but uh, fucking the franchise. Doug even, Douglas, <laughs> Dean Douglas. Um, oh, yeah, Dean. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, even Douglas is like acting isn't that great. Like when you hear him, like he's shooting, he's shooting. It's like, yeah, oh, well, come on, yeah. man. I could have done without that. That was obnoxious. <laughs> um, yeah, security finally is there. Um, you know, Paul's just saying, "Fuck you, fuck you." Like he just <laughs> keeps saying it over and over again. Uh, and then the let him piss chant starts, and it's just like fans. You can just always count on them being annoying. Because here's what just- here's what the ECW fans really want. The ECW fans really want any legitimate chaos they can get. And True. the closer you get to that, the more they like it. So it's like, even if they're really upset at first about the idea of pissing, <laughs> right. then it becomes, well, it's not allowed, so that's what we want. Like, no, And that's what we want to yeah. get. No, yeah, that's a perfect analysis there of ECW fans. You're right. They... They just want chaos, and they don't really care what the cost is of that chaos. Yes. You know? Good, bad, we don't care. We just want blood. Um, yeah. A fan a fo- takes a is swing there- at Pillman. And- yeah, well, just, well, hang on. Just before we get there, because I think it's, that's coming up. Because at first, I'm like, does he have a fork? Yeah, because that's what he pulls out oh, a fork. Oh, I'm sorry. And- You're right. There it is. Yeah, the fan swings at him, and then he, yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, this fan, uh, I'm guessing a plant is sitting next to the guys that are uh that always are at the front row. Um he yeah. takes a swing at Pillman, Pillman pulls him in the ringside, pulls out a fork and starts just going to town on his head <laughs> as Douglas runs in to chase him off. Like I would not have volunteered no. to be the guy that'll let Pillman shoot on him for 10 <laughs> seconds cuz also I'm immediately in my notes I'm just like where the fuck is security? Where is Shane Douglas? Like, mm-hmm. everybody has just disappeared suddenly from the <laughs> ring and ringside as if this guy is under control. And he's uh, not. No. He's not at all under control. No, Douglas says, security, you either get that blonde piece of shit's ass out of here or I'll beat his ass here tonight. Yep. And then he says he's not leaving the ring until Pillman is out the front fucking door because apparently they took him out the back. Yeah, because that's the other thing I didn't understand. I like... They take him out, and I'm like, well, all right, at least that's over. Yeah. And then it's like, Ooh. no, like now we got to walk him all the way, the length of the building again and uh, take him out the front door for some reason. But here's the fans chanting as Douglas is sitting in the middle of the ring. 
fucking chaos agents, man. I mean, it's not everybody, but it's enough to be annoying. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, uh, yeah. So he's finally taken out of the building, and it's an ECW VHS, so we just we cut to the mm-hmm. next match. Yep, match and four. Boy, match four. Didn't expect to see this image. Uh, we <laughs> were our, Remember we last week you. when we were excited about finding a Mr. Hughes appearance all of a uh, sudden? Man, now we can't get away from the guy. It's Mr. Hughes taking on Bubba Ray Dudley with the whole Dudley clan. It's Big Dick dances with Chubby Dudley and Sign Guy Dudley. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and T.W. Is... Dudley on a hobby horse. <laughs> I don't know that? what that... Who the fuck is T.W. Dudley that was on I a hobby know. horse? I. It's hard to keep track of all this. It's... <laughs> Um, they also, for some weird reason, used the bad Spike Dudley fake Highway to Hell theme music mm-hmm. for the Dudleys. And now I will say, like, I did some research and I couldn't really find a definitive Dudley Boys ECW theme. Okay. Like, there were some, there were a couple a of ones, like, you know, I don't know. But it definitely wasn't Highway to Hell. That was just Spike Dudley. So, so yeah, no, it definitely wasn't Highway to Hell. That's, that, that's not right. Yeah, because no. it, it doesn't really fit at any, like, the way that, like, uh, Bubba dances or anything? No, it exactly. feels way off. Yeah, no. no, this is, um, and I'm so mad at myself right now because I'm a, I love the fucking movie, and I'm just having a brain fart. But this is when the Dudley Boys were in their full, ah, the brothers from Slapshot. Oh the, the, goodness, the, the, the three brothers, the long hair and the thick fingers. Like, oh, I feel like such a dummy right now. I just literally can't pull it from my brain. <laughs> no, it's fine. But that's there's even guys in the crowd that are dressed like the Dudley. Like, yeah, it's just. So strange how it's they're this fun loving goofy like family act, mm-hmm. and how quickly they turn into maybe one of the most dangerous heat missiles <laughs> in professional wrestling history. That That's true could get a riot to you know to start. So uh, yeah, Bubba right here though is doing his break dance and having a good time. Big well, Dick is not a fan of it. No, he never is a fan of of Bubba dancing. But as he's dancing, we get this from Joey. Like, listen, I get it. It's just a little, little forced. Also, yeah. none of us are mad at the announce team in WCW. That's what I was thinking. I always feel like those are weird shots to take when they try to do this. I was like, listen, there's a lot of people you could take a shot at. <laughs> Announcers? Like, yeah. who's, who's mad at Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, or Larry Zabisco? I mean, come yeah. on. I was wondering um, yeah, the mid, same thing. Yeah. Big Dick is upset, and his... Anger really proves to be very understandable as the Dudley family is being assaulted by Mr. Hughes behind Bubba Ray as he dances. <laughs> uh, Hughes then would take Bubba out and Dick would get into the ring. And I'm thinking, isn't this the match we all would have probably rather seen in the first place? Like, yeah, I don't really want to see Mr. Hughes, but him and Big Dick Dudley sounds better than him and Bubba. Uh, yeah, Dick would take Hughes out with a crutch and then Bubba would hit a splash and would win. And I had to think Hughes owed Heyman a favor because <laughs> that was just a little shocking. Yeah. No, he comes in. Yeah, he, he gets beat like that. Like, it's just over. I mean. Match is done. And it's only 96. I'm not saying he's like a young enough and covered, but he's not. Yeah. You know, I think six years later, he does the Jericho stuff. So, Goodness. I mean, 
Curtis Hughes, just <laughs> worthless here in this position. But sing right. me a song. All right. Um. Yeah. Now here comes Mustafa Saeed of the Gangsters. Yeah, I counted uh, this as match number five because they said it was supposed to happen. But I know some people were saying that this is because there's eleven matches by that count, but that otherwise it would be ten. I don't have this as the match yet, but that's fine. Go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, it's just Mustafa is supposed to be taking on the Headhunters. It's supposed to be the Gangsters right. versus the Headhunters. Yep. But like we've already said, New Jack ain't here. He's been incarcerated. No, and I couldn't nail down the what. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there if I dug a little bit deeper, but on the surface, I couldn't figure out what New Jack had maybe done to be locked up in Atlanta. <laughs> they also keep referencing Atlanta, which makes me think that maybe it is. it might be true. Yeah. Uh, or, or he could be hurt. Who knows? Mustafa yeah, anyway. has his 2020 ready gear on with a mask over his mouth and nose. What an innovator. Yeah. Uh, says he's going to take care of things. Uh, he's, uh, his, he's hysterical was the word I used. He does a lot of fake laughing between all of his like half sentences. <laughs> Problem is that like it kind of comes across more as like a nervous tick than it does as yes. like an intimidation factor. Yep. Because it just kind of has this like <laughs> like between everything he says, it's it's kind of oh. just not intimidating at all. He just seems crazy. Yeah, he tells the ref and announcer to watch out, and that he's he's going to go ahead and win this one alone. And Joey says, you know, there's a few names of WWF and WCW tag teams that you could probably take on alone, but not the Headhunters. And here comes Damian Kane with an offer to Mustafa. Real, but go ahead. Real quick before you do that, what do you think of the ring announcer getting in the ring and getting on the mic and saying, New Jack has been arrested, and then, like, Mustafa cuts him off. And it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, I have no idea. Announcing that to the crowd. And then, yeah, here comes Damian Kane and Lady Alexander. Spend a little bit of time in the big house. So it looks like you don't have yourself a partner. Now, wait a minute. I've got a solution for you. Damian Kane's been see, in the big house. My lady, well, you know, New they Jack really is the better of you too, anyway. Think. We all know that. But don't worry about it. You don't have to be lost in the pack because I can, I can give you a job. Yeah, with my boys, the Headhunters. You can fit right in. You can shine some shoes. Whoa. You can do a little bit of cleaning up around the house. You can be... Did he yeah, say yeah. to Mustafa? I need a little job. I need a hand job, baby. <laughs> you can't see. I need a HCW whole video. <laughs> they just did. And they said uh, didn't get censored. So. I need a hand job. <laughs> Damian Kane is, is on like the short list of any of these kind of pre-pay-per-view ECW guys that I don't know how much more I want to see of him. But You want to see a little more? Well, he's just there's something kind of interesting about. I don't know. It's just it's it, there's something he there. He feels as far as the so goes. much like Aldi brand Jimmy Garvin with Precious. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. But he's also always in charge of like te- jobbers. Like you know what I mean? It doesn't okay. seem like he's that big of a deal. So I don't, you know, maybe he's I'm, I'm just putting him over a little bit more than he deserves. But yeah, you know, the pairing with him and Lady Alexander, she's kind of an interesting looking person. Yeah, yeah, it was it was <laughs> interesting. Um. Yeah. He call. He gets a little racist, calling the boys yeah. criminals, and right. Then finally, I mean, here's the thing, though. They're they. Are, I mean, that is gimmick. the gimmick. Yeah, they're criminals. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. I wrong. mean, so you're right. It's definitely a little racist, but they are the gangsters. So yeah. So finally, Mustafa attacks him. He throws Kane to the floor and into the barricades, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Mustafa's gonna come off strong. He yep. here comes the headhunters. Nope. 
the giant no. fat twin brothers hit a superplex <laughs> and and then a huge top rope splash by the other man onto Mustafa and he's gone. Kane is yeah. back in the ring with his mic saying, you should have took my advice, punk. And he says, you touch me again and they'll murder you and shove your corpse into a trash can out back. And uh, yeah, and Mustafa's just carted, just taken away. <laughs> Which I don't. I guess it's impressive. You know what I mean? Like he fought against him. He tried. Like maybe not, he he kind of just super got damning. Beat real quick by like he didn't really even make a fight. It seemed like. Right. I gotta say, like the headhunters. You know, we've seen them a few times because they popped up in the WWF. They've been everywhere. Yeah. They look good at ECW. Like I like they the look fit. of these guys in the ECW. You know, I just. Mm-hmm. The only place I've ever really seen them where I felt like they kind of fit in. I um, could see that. But yeah, so in the midst of this chaos, match five, or I guess now we've moved on and this is match six. <laughs> yeah, match six. Yeah, match six. Okay, fine. It's the Headhunters with Damian Kane and Lady Alexandra taking on the Nazi brothers. <laughs> Ron and Don, the Bruise brothers. Oh, goodness. The Bruise Brothers is also a very difficult name to say. Uh, BB. BBs are it's hard back-to-back. <laughs> I went with Nazis most of the time in my no- my notes, but yeah. Right. Well, the match is short, fortunately. Joey True. can't tell anyone apart, and to be honest with you, I feel kind of bad for him. Because this is literally, how many times have we had two identical twin tag teams in the same match? He mentions something about like the uh, double mint twin like ad from hell or something is what he calls uh, it. But yeah, you're not wrong. That's topical. That's topical at the time. You've got two identical twin teams, and and right. like Ron and Don or whatever they they've got like reverse like mirror mirrored tattoos. But right. Other than that, like yeah, you're not going to tell these guys apart very easily. They no, just head brawl hunters. though to get started. Yeah, it's a brawl. Headhunters use the chairs to send the brothers into the crowd. More chair shots on the Bruise Brothers. I literally have no idea what's going on. Neither does Joey. It doesn't matter. They're just fighting. We get into that specific area of this crowd where you just can't see anything. No, exactly. And even the crowd, I don't know if it's this match or later, but the crowd's not in love with it, and I get it. Like, (laughs) hey, you guys don't have a Jumbotron here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a scoop and a slam before the headhunter goes to the top and hits a moonsault, which is actually kind of impressive. And the, like uh, the thing that was annoying me was even when we did get to see them, there's so many just like weak, weak. Like I'm not a, a big headshot guy for chair right, shots, right. but like the chairs to the back would be just like taps, and it's like I the headhunters just didn't give a shit. It was just very <laughs> low effort. No, yeah, low effort. I mean, maybe it's all they can do. Also, I mean, those arms swinging them. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Bruce brother hits a big boot at the same time and covers the ref. Counted his pin for some reason. It was like a simultaneous thing. Like we had the moonsault yeah. from the headhunter and then the big boot from the bruise brother. And then the ref just like looked at the bruise brother. and was like, I'm counting your pinfall. Yep. And that was literally how the decision was made. The, the racist win. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was odd. But then we go back to Joey Styles <laughs> trying to welcome us to the show again. Yeah, it's time for the next episode of television. <laughs> Come on, fans, get up. It's time for the beginning of the show. Oh, he says, to open the show, I'd like to introduce the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. And the fake music plays. Yeah, um, Joey Styles, yeah, here comes Tommy Dreamer and Beulah, Beulah. so it's off to a good start. Um, mm. Dreamer is injured, clearly. He has his shoulder <laughs> in a sling and 
What the the guys that are in the front row with the big sign that like we yes. heard chanting at at you know fucking Pillman with their "Don't work me, Brian right. Pillman" sign. Um, right. Right. Here the sign reads, "Tommy colon hardcore yeah. dot 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 to the bone extreme dot 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 to the max." I was like, "What is yeah. this fucking sign?" <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like a positive sign on their part, and it's I just guess. corny. It's it just corny. very corny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here's Joey. Joey goes right. Ask he's a good journalist. He asks about the shoulder right away. Um, Tommy, because this is what Tommy would do. He'd wrestle for a while and he'd always be injured, and he'd always apologize for it. And then he'd come back too soon and get injured again. Uh, he tells the fans he's sorry. He knows that you know that was Raven's big receipt. You know, taking his shoulder out for him stealing Beulah or however you want to view that mm-hmm. scenario. Um, and she's also pregnant at this time. That's all happened. Oh, okay. With Tommy's baby. So that's why Raven is very upset. And he totally went out and did like the middle-aged man thing and got a younger <laughs> lady to be his girlfriend to try to, I guess, look like he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, he's got the whole, you know, nest with him at this time. It's Stevie, Meanie, and Kimono Wanalea. Uh, yeah. She looks, she wears shorts well. Um, <laughs> Raven says that his shoulder isn't all he has coming for stealing his girlfriend and getting her pregnant. And it's like as much as I know this is this is all remembered as like this great long running angle. Yeah. It is also the most like Degrassi, like <laughs> saved by the yep. bell to the extreme kind of just R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sad news. you're not wrong yeah. though. It's just it's such a like you know after school spent he's still mm-hmm. my girlfriend and like it, summer camp was even involved in this story at one time and fat like I think Raven was yep. fat. Yeah, and Tommy was a you know just all the makings of just oh. super ridiculously like teen drama stuff. But yeah, Raven runs down what happens if you steal in various countries. It usually has a lot to do with getting like your hand or fingers limbs, cut off. limbs cut off, lots of limbs. Limbs. So he's so yeah, we get it. We get it, Raven. Like you're mad, but you know what are you gonna do about it? Here um, comes bad guy Shane Douglas and the Nazi brothers to Tommy's right. defense. Yeah, what could go wrong? Like these are three people that you can always trust to have your back. Um, they are Tommy's back up, which is like it's Stevie and Meanie. Like I think Beulah could probably at least take Meanie out. Uh, yeah, Shane yeah, Tommy like, asks, just takes Beulah to the back. He's like, I'm gonna help you out of here. That's a good like moment though. Like that's good. Like you know him, you know taking her out of harm's way because women are usually in harm's way in ECW. Very so true. He knows better. Tommy asks Raven if he wants to fucking fight. Now that his girl's gone, he can go full, like, drunken rage. Uh, and then Shane Douglas just disappears. Yeah, also, he just, like, I think he just takes Beulah to the back, and then he's just Oh, right, he takes Beulah to the back. Yeah. Good point. Um, and then the Bruce, the Bruce Brothers turn on him immediately. Yep. Tommy Dreamer and Sting and WCW have a lot in common, like early <laughs> surfer Sting, where they would just put their heart out there for, for anyone. Yeah. Had it stomped on constantly oh they just they like they crotch him on the ring post like eight times right? and then it's, they leave i've never seen a beatdown that consisted of only dragging him to the <laughs> ring post and wishboning him on his crotch but i mean i guess with the implications and the pregnancy and all that stuff like you yeah know, what makes sense it's targeted uh, and man we are almost through the initial shit clouds that will clear into a slightly 
only partly shitty cloudy day of <laughs> matches here. Yeah. As we go to match number seven. Match number seven. Right. It's the Italian Stallion, JT Smith, taking on Axel Rotten. This is at least the first time where it's like, okay, the, these these are both competent wrestlers. This, yeah. this, this should at least break what I will tell you as a spoiler for later has been a show that has not gotten anything above a zero star rating. <laughs> Good can, yeah. can the Italian Stallion and... Is he still British? Axel Rotten pull this off. We'll have to see. I, I don't think he's still British at this point, but I don't know. That, that, he might be at this point. But yeah, JT <laughs> right. Smith is shown turning on his tag partner last show. Yep. And uh, he cracks me up just playing to the crowd with the Italian ah. stuff and the Italian ring announcer and the little flag and all that shit. I he enjoyed JT Smith a lot on the show. He is immediately in the running for MVP of this entire show. Um <laughs> I love this character too, because around this time, because there it's a classic clip, you know, used to be out there all the time, because he bit it diving to the floor in a match, I think with Hack Myers, and hit his face and got like a softball size welt on his forehead, mm-hmm. like during the match. It's disgusting. But after that, they played up that he hit his head so hard that he thinks he's Italian, <laughs> and that's kind of what leads to what we have tonight. The FBI would, would be this, right? on the horizon. Yeah. He would actually find, you know, Guido, little Guido, and that would be the beginning of that wonderful relationship. Um, yeah, but anyway, fun stuff here. Smith is sent into the front row and nailed with a chair. Classic Axel Rotten. Uh, Rotten chokes him <laughs> with some rope because, I don't know, just rope around. Just anything the fans would hand them. That's true. Yeah, I think it was handed to him. You're right. Um, JT turns the tide, hits the DDT on the outside, and then slaps the straw hat off the straw hat fan. Mm. I'm always like unsure about how many people shoot dislike the hat guy and how many people are like having fun with the hat guy. That's a good question. I'm sure he probably isn't even completely sure. <laughs> He's probably not Because he, he gets it from all directions throughout the night. Oh, the fans are chanting, you suck dick. You suck dick, by the way. <sighs> no, listen. We, some, <laughs> what did you think I, of... I, this, I can't make an excuse for that. The shot of former heavyweight champion Leon Speaks in the crowd. Listen, everybody else does it, so why can't ECW? Because he's as famous. Listen, he's as he's more famous than random country singers that Todd Pettengale's pulling up at the crowd, but, or WCW with whoever, whoever they consider to be a celebrity. This guy, he he warms up later to the show before he leaves, uh, but. <laughs> Here he is not in, like he is sitting down. Everyone else is right. standing up around him. Yeah. He can't be yeah. like the guy with the sign keeps just putting it up in front of his face. Like yeah. he's not seeing half of the show. No, I don't think he's having a great time. And I also got to think up to this point what he's seen. So there's yes, that. exactly true. So yeah, uh, he's yeah, here in ring. Yeah. JT dodges out of the corner and hits a crossbody for a two count. Yeah, impressive there. Um, yeah, he hits a crossbody splash for a two. Uh, scoop and a slam on Axel Rotten before walking around the ring, like just wasting time and grabbing a chair. <laughs> then he, this is the other part. This also helped. This made a lot more sense and was more entertaining after I looked up what was going on in, in his, like at this time. He's playing a klutz. Like that's part of his gimmick gotcha. is that as a result of his injuries, he's also a klutz because he goes to the top <laughs> rope with a chair. But trips and falls, he even says whoops, like just before he <laughs> <Yep>. drops. <laughs> uh, 
I just took it as it was a ruse to get Axel to think that to well, turn that's his what, back. That's what I didn't like. Was it? Yeah. Then he's like, apparently it was a fake, and yeah. he was just playing us. Mm-hmm. And he got for the with the chair and gets the victory. So I was so surprised that JT Smith got a win here. I thought for sure Axel Rotten was coming away yeah. with the win on this. No, and then he goes to the top rope with the chair and does a really impressive moonsault with the chair. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why didn't you finish the match with that? Well, that was he was showing off the ruse element. You see, I can do uh, this. Okay, you're right. But yeah, so he beats Axel up after the match. Hack Myers comes to the ring to help out. The Shah. I, I love this because JT Smith grabs a microphone and, and instructs the crowd to say Smith when he, he throws punches. Yeah. And so you're going, Smith, Smith, Smith. And then Shaw finally fires up and you get the Shaw, Shaw, yeah. Shaw from Hack Myers. It's good stuff. <laughs> no, yeah, a lot of fun here. Um, and he yeah, runs Smith out of the ring and follows him to the back. And uh, yes, we can move on to at least matches with the potential to be entertaining. It's match number eight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Match it's a, eight. It's a six person dog collar match. It's the Eliminators, Perry Saturn and John Cronus, along with Super Stevie Richards, taking on the team of the Pitbulls, along with Francine, the Queen of Extreme. Yeah. So, that, and who is in Bar- Francine? Is fairly Francine is fairly new in the company at this point, and was originally introduced as Stevie's girlfriend, and has since gotcha. fallen out with said Stevie Richards, and. And apparently taken up with the pit bulls already very much over with the crowd because uh, oh, yeah. she's got a T-shirt to sell. God damn it. So she comes out with that instead of her usual dress. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yeah. And she, well, and she's here to wrestle, too, which is unusual. So that's true. So, yeah, we learned that Stevie has super kicked Francine twice now and that the managers will be part of this match and be chained together as well. And that whole chain together business kind of comes and goes. Dude, this. <laughs> It ruins they, went, it. they bought like the cheapest chains they could fucking find. Like nobody spent any money put to buy these chains. No. No. And like even if the chains are okay, the connectors to the actual collars are not because they just fall off and like yep. fucking Saturn will just unplug and like re like he'll unconnect it and reconnect it multiple times in the match. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. The eliminators are your current ECW tag team champions. And uh, Stevie has his own ring announcer notes as well. Mm-hmm. Which it's were fun. Su- it's a Superman-like introduction, calling him the King of Swing, among other things. Yep. Uh, Francine has quite the outfit on, as she reveals during her introduction. Um, but sadly, <laughs> to my dismay, she is super kicked as soon as the bell rings, <laughs> and she will pretty much do nothing for the duration nope. of this match. She just goes down. I I was yeah, just follow the action around would have been enough to entertain me. No, she just, yeah. she just won't be seen much at all. Uh, but it's a good spot for Stevie because he's a piece of shit and that gets a lot of heat. So yeah, so then he just doesn't chain up to her. He just leaves. No, yeah, he just does whatever he wants for the rest of the match. Yeah, the fans are chanting. He's she's hardcore right before that super kick as well. Um, yeah. yeah, Saturn grabs Pitbull two, takes him to the floor. Number one gets double teamed by Cronus and Richards for a while. Uh, one fights back. Saturn gets unchained because the chains are bad. Uh, so he climbs the corner and the eliminators hit the superplex and splash combo. And Saturn reconnects his chain to Pitbull number two. And the match continues. And I was like, well, I guess it's ECW. What are you going to do? Disqualify him? Right. Disqualify I love him? the I love the eliminators so much. I think they're 
a wildly underrated team. Like they are a lot of. They're just in a lot of these shitty situations, unfortunately. Yes, I was going to say, I just don't think that this match works out very well for them. Because they, they can fucking wrestle. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a Pitbulls fan. Like, I have... <laughs> I don't know if I can... I've, I've, seen, I've never been impressed with the Pitbulls. I've been impressed with a few of the, like, the Pitbulls matches we saw early on in our ECW watching. Yeah. But ever the, the more I watch, the more I'm seeing that was a rarity, and we just got lucky <laughs> the first time. Well, these walk around brawls were just like the, the tag team division. Oh. This is what they did in the tag team division. Yeah. Everybody. This is, this just is how a- the gangsters wrestle. This is how public enemy wrestles. This is how the Dudleys are going to wrestle. Yep. This is just how tag teams wrestle in ECW. And it's a three on two beat down. Uh, Saturn, you know, just beating on him down here. Uh, as soon as number one begins fighting back, Stevie super kicks him in the back of the head. Fans now set up a wall of chairs as number two runs Saturn's head into each one all the way down the line. That was a fun moment. Yeah, no, that wasn't bad. Um, yeah, everyone's walking around, choking each other, kind of making their way towards the stage area. I can't There's see Chance. A yes. man in a Confederate flag t-shirt that has brought an entire pie to ringside and hands it to Cronus, and he just hits it on uh, Pitbull 1. Listen, first of all, as a super fan of pie... That is a criminal act. I, I appreciate the bringing of a pie. I would have liked to have eaten a pie during a wrestling show. Um, and hopefully it wasn't like piping hot because that could be like literally dangerous. No, no it was definitely like some sort of a cream based. Oh, pie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I can't see chance of ringing out as they fight with mm. chairs near the commentary area. It's kind of a stage for whatever normally happens in this building. Yeah. Um, Pitbull, Gary Wolf and Cronus are fighting up a level. Saturn and Pitbull 2. Are also in the you know entangled. Saturn nails him with a chair. Saturn did a moonsault moonsault off the stage onto two. It's yeah, it was okay. Yeah, <laughs> nobody nobody got hurt. Um, Pitbull one hits a suplex through a table on John Cronus. I think that might have been Joey's table based on his commentary. It was kind of hard to tell. I couldn't quite tell. It was near him, but yeah, it didn't make it sense that although, it was actually his table. But although I'm also pretty positive, as seen in Beyond the Mat, this is this is the time that Joey was. Like recording afterwards, yeah, he was in Paul Heyman's mom's sense. basement recording this while she was doing laundry. Well, Joey calls out the sissy announcers in WCW for being far away from the wrestlers, not like him here. So, <laughs> I mean, they're the same. Yeah, like WCW was also the commentary table away from the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the ring, Stevie is standing over Francine with a frying pan in his hand. Like, yes, I couldn't tell if he was threatening to use the frying pan. Or if he had used the frying pan, it yeah. was unclear. It's like you don't need to have like any explanation for why she's still down. Like you, <laughs> you kicked her in the face. Like it's you know that's a reason enough. So it's number only been one, like five minutes. Number one fights back in the ring, stacks Cronus and Richards in the corner, but in comes Saturn who unhooks his collar from his partner, and then Cronus. It's the first time Cronus sees him do it, and he's like, "Oh, yeah," and he's, he unhooks his. Uh, <laughs> he's a little slow. The fans chant, "We want blood." There's a power bomb and tiger bomb combo by the Eliminators. They want to attack Francine, who's been out cold. The Pitbulls save her, and they hit the super bomb on Saturn and then one on Cronus. They don't even attempt the pin, though. Stevie begs for mercy, but they hit the super bomb on Stevie. No, it's a super double neck breaker. Uh, and then I just have, how is this not the end of the match? We crash at it just like two minutes later when the Eliminators are choking out the Bulls with chains. Francine covers Richards and pins him one, two, three, and your winners are the Pitbulls one and two and Francine. 
I have no idea what happened here, other than that, just for the fact of runtime, yeah. they just cut some bullshit out. Because I don't know, Stevie is begging them off, and the Eliminators are already on their feet outside the ring. Yeah, and then they they hit that big move, and then we just cut away as Stevie was like being destroyed, and we <laughs> cut back, and the Eliminators look to be in full control, choking yeah. the Pitbulls, and Francine just stumbles over to Stevie and covers him for the win. <laughs> and they don't do anything to stop her. No, it's weird. And they win the match. Francine and the Pitbulls. Yep. And so, of course, the Eliminators are not happy about this. They had a total elimination on Pitbull 2, then one on Pitbull 1. They want one on Francine. Francine smacks Saturn and takes a clothesline in return, and then they hit her with the total elimination, and they raise the tag belts high, and they leave. It was so I I, did, I hate that kind of stuff so much. Like I hate it so much. Like that. Why did you even have the match? Like why did yeah. they win the match? It. Who cares? You know. I mean, if you're just gonna do that at the end of it all, it was ridiculous. But For anyways, sure. we cut immediately to match number nine. We don't even have entrances. We got no time. No, no time at all. Match number nine. It's the ECW World Television Title with a 30 minute time limit. Two Cold Scorpio battling Sabu. And, of course, they made sure to let us know about the time limit because we're going to be going to that time limit. Because professional wrestling just can't help but tip its hat yes. to, in this situation every time. Like, they are undefeated in telling you that a match is going to a draw on the commentary. So, early on in this one, Sabu throws a chair into the ring. It bounces right back out of the ring before he can get in. And he has to turn around and get right back out and grab another one. <laughs> it made me laugh. I just love that he went and got a chair like immediately at the yeah. beginning of this match. And you have other matches where like managers are trying to do things behind people's back. Like it matters. <laughs> um, he hits a solo poetry in motion with the chair assist on Scorpio in the corner. He then drop kicks. So uh, too cold off the apron into the front row. We get a running dive out of the ring did, into the crowd. Did you pay attention to the X champ boxer at this point? The what? The ex-champion boxer, the guy that we oh, talked okay. about, that we no, saw. No, I, I, I didn't notice him. He is sitting right where this all happens. He goes like, so Scorpio gets thrown into the crowd, and he falls down right next to the guy, and the guy, he refuses to move. He just sits there and goes like this, yeah. and the guy falls right there. One of the fans that's sitting on the other side of the boxer grabs his chair, pulls him over out of the <laughs> way, as here comes Sabu flying out of there, and he's just still just sitting there watching. And then, yeah. like, for a long time, he just sits in that weird angle after they all move back into the ring. He's just sitting there again. I was like, dude, what is wrong? Like, what is going on here? Like, are well, you being a, only paid if you stay here for a certain number of matches? Well, he's a championship boxer, too, that you have to always wonder about their uh, mind, you know, mind condition, True. I suppose. Yeah, he's just kind of emotionlessly watching all of this happen. But, yeah, Scorpio hits a top rope leg drop and yeah. then says the crowd, your boy ain't shit. And so, and yep. gets a fuck you Scorpio back from Straw Hat guy. Yeah. Um, weird thing about this feud, like I was looking ahead of you know after this, and like they have another time limit draw match after this, and then I think another. Oh wow! And then they, and then they just like move on. Like there's never like it doesn't there's, look like there's really a blow off. There's this thing that that Paul Heyman seems to love about storytelling, <laughs> where you just do the same thing over and over and over again, and then <laughs> you pretend like there's going to be a payoff, but there just never is, and that's the genius behind it. <laughs> You just keep waiting on it. You keep waiting. You're not going to get it. Because he would be Flash Funk uh, before the end of 1996. So Yeah. Yep. Um, brutal chair shot from Sabu. 
uh, assisted cactus clothesline. He kind of uses a chair to jump up and then takes Cold out to the floor. Um, Sabu spills into the guardrail pretty nastily. It's like, Jesus, man, you're just complete disregard. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a somersault plancha off the apron from Sabu. And Cor- Scorpio saved his ass on that, too, because Sabu should have just fallen on his head, and who knows what would have happened. Scorpio catches him and literally lifts him into a position where like he's not going to like fall and kill himself. <laughs> so uh, We get Sabu with two chair shots to the head of Too Cold. Back in the ring, he hits a springboard kick for a two. A crescent kick, though, from Too Cold drops Sabu. Scorpio then rams a chair into the face of Sabu. Mm-hmm. Too Cold floats over in the corner. Sabu, though, cuts him off and kicks him. Uh, Too Cold, though, catches Sabu floating over in the corner. Sabu, though, manages a victory roll. And Joey tosses it to break. It's like, yo, yep. oh, what? what? Are we going to break? Or No, okay, no. No, because then, like, Joey comes back and goes, just so you know, this is being filmed also for CyberSlam. <laughs> Well, what was weird, though, is it's like there's also the like 10 seconds of silence yeah. before he comes back because I was starting to think he wouldn't come back until the break was over. I was so. yeah, I thought it would be really funny if we just had three minutes of just nothing. Uh, right. Scorpion gets to his feet, but Sabu with a rear naked choke. Scorp kicks him in the nuts and sends Sabu to the floor. Joey says it's a good thing we cut to the break for TV when we did so because the networks don't like low blows. Scorpio hits a suplex over the ropes back into the ring. Sabu comes back with a kick or two and then a slingshot leg drop into the ring. We get an Arabian face buster, but Scorpion kicks out at two. And then Sabu hits the springboard moonsault onto a chair on top of Scorp. But Sabu can't cover him because he hurt his knee. (laughs) Yeah, that's not great. That's not good. Uh, Scorpio puts a chair on Sabu, but just changes his mind. It's a tombstone slam thing. Then it's a Vader bomb for a two count. Mm-hmm. Too cold wraps. I'm sorry. Racks Sabu across the bottom rope and argues with the ref and then kicks Sabu in the face a couple times. Too cold with a slam and he heads to the top rope, but misses the splash and both men are now down. Sabu begins to climb, but too cold cuts him off and hits a sunset flip for two. Men are now both at the top of the rope. Sabu hits the victory roll. Uh, Sabu then backdrops Too Cold to the outside and delivers a suicide dive and then a whip into the corner back in the ring before things slow down as Sabu tries a submission hold. <laughs> and there is a big yawn by the former champion boxer that I saw at this point <laughs> where he's just like, Aah. Oh, aren't uh, you funny? And then something's happening in the crowd over to the left that's taking everyone's attention for a minute. Uh, both men tumble to the floor once again. And I'm just like, Jesus, Sabu moonsaults off the apron onto Scorpion, almost ah. breaks his legs on the guardrail. Like, Ugh. brutal fucking shot here. I had to hurt so bad. Sabu then throws a fully set up table into the crowd, just into the crowd. Yep. And sets it up, puts Scorpio on it. He then gets in the ring and triple jumps oh, like Topicon Hero over the fucking guardrail, into the crowd, and through the table as Scorpio was able to roll off before he could get there. Like, yeah, it's awesome, but man, like, he he just about broke his legs, now he's throwing himself through tables. No, it's, it's always brutal with Sebu. He's out of his mind. There's no, you know, nothing else you can really say. And Joey uh, Styles goes on this long, seemingly pre-written rant about being crazy. We're missing right. a, a two, few screws. Yeah. Uh, Sabu would collapse to the canvas before he could even be lifted by Too Cold. 
Um, he would counter, though, a bomb into a victory roll for another two count. He then hits a moonsault press on two cold for a two. Scorpio, though, avoids a top rope moonsault, and Sabu is hurt. He looks, I'm sure he is, probably <laughs> everywhere. Too cold with a power bomb. He goes up top, hits the top rope, backflip, leg drop, but only gets a near fall. He grabs a chair, but just doesn't do anything with it, and hits an STO, the opposite direction of the chair. So I really don't know. Yeah. He puts it on top of Sabu, and goes up top, hits a leg drop for another near fall. Uh, two colds up top, and Sabu just throws a chair at his head because it's Sabu, and he doesn't care. <laughs> Um, and then he hits her Karana, but only gets a near fall on Scorpio as the fight continues. Yeah. So he rolls him over, but Scorpio kicks out at two. Like you said, the bell then rings. The time limit has ended and Scorpio is still your TV champion. The fans applaud and give a standing ovation and they begin chanting for five more minutes. But we don't have five more minutes. we got to cut to match number 10. But overall, though, I thought that match was really dang good. Yeah, no, I mean, it was. It was. Too bad that it was a draw, but again, if the, you know, you wouldn't mind it if there was a payoff. But like I said, I looked ahead; and they just have a couple more draws and then move on with their lives. So yeah, but yeah. Match number yeah. ten. Yeah, match number ten. It's Cactus Jack taking on the franchise Shane Douglas. Yeah, and this is a night that Jack, I feel like at least at some point, wrote in his book quite a bit about this one because he's got the "Forgive Me, Uncle Eric" shirt on yep. with Eric Bischoff on the front. It's all underneath of a suit. That franchise strips him of as the match begins. Yeah. Well, this is it for Mick. This was okay. I think this was the last. I think this was it for ECW, if I'm not mistaken. That's kind of why it's very ceremonial at the end with kind of the way things break. Well, down. no, because yeah, he, no, that's right. He's got one more match with Mikey at the very end. Like, oh yeah, that's right. That'll end yeah. it. But yeah, uh, but yeah, the fight is immediately underway as Shane just attacks Cactus. Um, Cactus in his corporate gear here, kind of his suit and tie. <laughs> He didn't even come to wrestle. That's right. Uh, but Shane, like you mentioned, he doesn't take long before he rips all that off. Um, he's even tossing him around by his necktie a little bit. Uh, we see the Forgive Me Eric t-shirt and its beautiful airbrush style. <laughs> um, Jack, though, grabs a crutch out of the crowd and hits Shane with it. Douglas, though, comes off the top rope to the floor with a double axe handle. And now he has the crutch and is attacking Cactus. Uh, the fight goes back inside with Shane attacking in the corner. And he's choking Jack with his boot, and the fans are not happy about it. No, and one fan just you know makes a joke and says you know class dismissed, and Shane can't or yeah he he can't let that happen. I can't I cannot make out what he says after that, but he's not happy about them reminding him of Dean Douglas. No, it's like, listen, I mean, and maybe him getting that hot is also just playing to it, but it's like, yeah, you're a bad guy in a company <laughs> with a bunch of, you know, smart fans. Like, uh, imagine you probably get a lot of that, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, yeah. Jack drags Shane to the outside, but he can't quite suplex him. Shane hits a suplex onto the guardrail, which is just disgusting. Jack takes it back to the guardrail. It was rough. Mm-hmm. Um, then hits a dive from the top rope into the crowd. Uh, they fight their way back into the ring. And uh, he puts the leg of Cactus into a chair and hits a splash on it. The crowd is chanting Ahmed Johnson yes. at him now, which is, again, just continuing to antagonize him about the Dean Douglas uh, <laughs> time. Uh, oh. Cactus kicks Shane as he was coming at him in the corner. 
and then delivers a chair shot to the back of the franchise. He stomps away and catapults Shane into the bottom rope, and he's in full control at this point. Yeah, the fans also transition to a razor chant for a while as well. Um, Cactus spits a loogie high in the air and catches it with his mouth. It's disgusting, but Joey says, like, murder Abushi, the hardcore has been drug out of Cactus Jack by Douglas. I guess. If that's if that's what it takes, then I I don't know. It's, it's You're right. It's disgusting. Drop toe hold onto the chair in the ring. He gets a two count off that. The ref then hands Shane Douglas brass knuckles or something, and yeah. Douglas punches Jack in the head with it. It was handcuffs. He handcuffs Jack behind his back, and this is where we see what would have happened if The Rock wasn't an asshole with the chair <laughs> and when yeah. they tried to do this same thing in the WWE. Yeah, it's amazing how much stuff Mick took with him and eventually like would incorporate into things, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the, the WWE. Yeah, he beats Jack with the chair repeatedly. He gets a mic and tells Cactus to give up. Uh, Cactus calls out for Vince. He says, yes. Vince, Vince. <laughs> uh, he then begins calling out for Mikey, which, of course, as Joey explains, is a pretty awful thing for him to do. I think we watched the show. It was that Big Apple blast, I think, mm-hmm. when he like turned on Mikey and you know got the crap kicked out of him. Uh, so yeah, Shane keeps hitting Cactus with the chair, puts a figure four leg lock on, uh, and then Mikey comes out and hits Cactus Jack with a chair shot, maybe as hard as I've ever seen someone hit someone with a chair. Yeah, it was. It was I don't mean. know if Jack was legitimately knocked out, but it looked like he was legit knocked out. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, Shane wins with a, a pinfall in a figure four, which you never yeah. really see. No, you're right. Uh, yeah, so another you know a solid match though. Um, yeah. I mean, aside from the last bit, there was hands were behind his back, but you know still good stuff there. Definitely, yeah, I thought that was uh, good stuff for sure. Um, so yeah, that takes us to match number eleven for the world championship. It's the ECW champion Raven with his nest of Super Stevie Richards, the Blue Meanie, and Kimono Wanalea, as well as or now taking on the Sandman, who's going to be coming out with. His lady friend, Missy Hyatt. That's right. Missy Hyatt here in ECW. Another sign of the time. She she didn't quite make it to pay-per-view either. Um, the but fake music goodness. of the Sandman, of course, always waters this entire experience down. It is so long on the entrances here for both these guys. <laughs> Dude, this is all entrances. Nothing happens. In this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then he doesn't even... He, it's on the opposite side of the building. Who cares? Like, why are you yeah. over there? Just get the ring. Like, what is this, what is this accomplishing? Um, and he and Missy share a cigarette. It's like, hey, yeah, you know, at, at your leisure, whenever you guys feel like it, we'll be <laughs> ready. Like, for- they, like, stand and giggle at each other while they, like, smoke a cigarette and, like, sip a beer. This whole relationship thing is like, I don't, it doesn't translate that well, guys. Like, I don't know. No. Is this cool? Like, I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure what is happening here. It just seems unnecessary. Oh. Um, yeah, Sandman eventually is in the ring. Uh, he spits beer at Stevie. Uh, and then him, and St- Stevie throws a fit, and him and, the, him and the meanie just leave the ring. Yeah. And we get a stare down between the couples. It's like we literally just had Tommy and Beulah staring yeah. at these two. Like, is this just how everything works around here right now? Mm-hmm. Everybody's in pairs. <laughs> right. It's a mixed match challenge. Yeah. <laughs> See, it, uh, it is ridiculous. Yeah. So, like, Raven finally attacks, 
And right. we, we get the match underway, but it took fucking forever and like just pulled me so much out of the show waiting for this thing to finally start. Well, because you're also sitting here thinking this is going to be Raven and Tommy Dreamer because at no time did they ever give you any idea that he was fighting the Sandman. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There was a whole segment with Raven with Dreamer earlier. That's true. But Dreamer's anyway. injured, so I, I assumed that he would not be. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Um, that doesn't matter. Yeah, they go to the floor the floor very quickly. We throw Sandman into the barricade. Raven get thrown in the barricade as well. Sandman hits a delayed vertical suplex that turns into a brain buster on the drop inside the ring. Only, only because he's too weak to follow through, and I think he just dropped him. <laughs> Sandman elbow drops Raven to the floor, dives on him, and then begins throwing chairs in, from the crowd into the ring. He puts Raven in a chair, and then Raven and Hyatt jaw at each other. And Sandman DDTs Raven, but in runs Kimona and in runs Missy, and they sloppily brawl around the ring with a lot of hair pulling. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, yeah, they're eventually broken up. Stevie's now in the ring and takes advantage of the distraction with a super kick. Raven covers Sandman for a near fall. Uh, the ref is eventually taken out when Sandman lifts Raven. Is that yeah. the one the crowd was? Is that the one the crowd booed? Yeah, they boo pretty so bad. Awful. Yeah. Yeah, they make incidental contact and the refs just like fall, like collapses. Yeah, yeah. It's like this shit doesn't fly here, guys. Um, Sandman hits a slam and a top rope ugly leg drop that <laughs> was always ugly, yeah. and he always did it. Never stopped doing it. And it's terrible. But even Joey Styles calls it out as an ugly leg drop at this one. True, that's true. Um, Raven would then we get our second ref bump as Raven back Sandman into the corner. It was at least a better ref spot but this is ecw <laughs> like why are we knocking the ref out yeah so dumb here but comes stevie and meanie come in yeah stevie and meanie the nazi brothers come out they hit the double slam yeah. raven covers but the ref's still down he comes to and counts two but the sandman kicks out ugly brainbuster attempt by raven up to the second rope uh sandman fights raven off but raven falls and pulls Sandman face first into the chair. And <laughs> so then Raven hits the DDT on Sandman and wins. Your winner and still champion is Raven. And the fans yeah. are chanting bullshit as the fucking show ends. Right, which, I mean, you know, I imagine they're just chanting bullshit because they don't like Raven. Like, I don't, I don't, otherwise, I don't know why they'd, be, why they'd be chanting bullshit. Like, well, I mean, it's not a great ending to the match, but yeah. Oh, yeah, the ending, yeah, you're right. It wasn't great overall. <laughs> But afterwards, the blue meanie stands above the Sandman and is dancing and, and taunting him. And he's, he goes to drink a beer, but he spits it out. And apparently I do love this. some of it gets into the mouth of Sandman, which is, at this point is like a magic elixir because it brings him to. Right. I, I do like this a lot. This was fun. <laughs> yeah. He like, it was like a Jason Voorhees kind of thing. Like it accidentally, you know, has no idea. Sandman just beats the hell out of meanie. Um, Eventually, Raven's folks come back to try to help. Sandman keeps him at bay. And then Missy gets in the ring, and they have a beer and a cigarette. So. What did he call Missy? Did he call her Mommy or Bobby? <sighs> he might have been doing Mommy. I don't know. That's that weird <laughs> thing. Oh, Because, yeah, because he just start, he like grabs a microphone and like yells out for Mommy. And then I mean, I, here comes I Missy thought, Hyatt, and I was like, is that what he's calling her? Okay. But yeah, I feel then, like it had to be mommy because Bobby would make no sense. We basically end the show with them just doing that weird, like awkward stand next to each other and smoke a cigarette back and forth, give googly eyes at each other. <laughs> it's like I don't know. I don't know what this means. Is this good? What is any of this? 
it's overall a very mixed bag of ECW stuff on this show. There's yeah. there's a few like really great moments, and then there's things that could have been really good, but there's also a lot of bad on this one. It just it kind of shows with having like a complete kind of freedom to do what you want creatively situation seems like for a lot of these guys and the like it's just yeah ultimately not great probably for the product overall um i can go with that yeah and i mean listen and also that that ecw style and, and you know a lot of people would argue with this but that's why i just prefer you know post pay-per-view ecw mm-hmm. to anything before it and i know and it's like this is the more traditional ECW with the crazy atmosphere and the bloodthirsty fans and the, yeah. but man, I give me, you know, Tajiri and super crazy and, and Guido and RVD and, you know, Jerry Lynn and, you know, oh, yeah. the, the more technical kind of side of things where we're not just spilling to the floor in the first 10 seconds of every match and mm-hmm. walking around and brawling, you know, so, <laughs> um, but you know, listen, if you're a fan of ECW, you haven't seen some of the stuff, it's worth checking out and just kind of, getting a taste of uh, you know, the original buzz that kind of led to the you know mild success they had there for a couple of years. Now, as far as second opinion star ratings go, uh, couldn't find much from Dave Meltzer. He did rank the 30-minute time limit draw, so I'll have that one. But instead, oh. I went to the Smark Retro Repost because, you know, in, in honor of Brian Pillman, I figured the Smarks would be the person to check with. Um, sure. It was posted by Scott Keith in 2002, but it also says JoJo wrote it in 1996. So I think it might be a repost <laughs> of an older post. Anyways, All right. that's who we're comparing with. So match number one, Tony, six-man tag team match. Judge Dredd, the bad crew, taking on Dino Sendoff and Donnie Allen and Dirt Bike Kid. What'd you give it? it I gave this match negative two stars. Fair. So bad. Absolutely so bad. fair. I'm right there with you. Uh, JoJo gave it bleh. Um, yeah. okay, didn't that's... didn't bother that one. Match number two, singles match, Spiros Greco taking on El Porto Requeño. You know, it was just bad. It, I gave no stars, zero stars. Wasn't like so bad, but it was not good. No, it's not good. Z- zero stars is fair as well. A half a star is what... Uh, Jojo gave it uh, match three singles match Taz versus Joel Hartgood squash. I gave it zero stars, half a star from uh, Jojo, but yeah, close there. Uh, match four singles match Bubba Ray Dudley versus Mr. Hughes. Dud. Like it's just nothing. Like, I don't even know if this was right a on the mark, right on the mark. Dud is the exact terminology used by Jojo for that 36 second match. Match five, Mustafa Saeed versus the Headhunters. It's a 45-second match, according to this writer. What'd you give it? I didn't even have it as a match, so there you go. That's, <laughs> dud. that's what I thought of it. Yeah, dud. dud was exactly what they said. Match number six, tag team match, Bruise Brothers versus Headhunters. What'd you give that one? Zero stars. Just <laughs> awful. Just a mess. And just to JoJo, this is whatever, period, dud. The moonsault looked right. awful, even for a fat guy. True. He's not wrong. Match number seven, JT Smith, Axel Rotten. What'd you give it? Listen, they did just enough to rise above the threshold, and I gave this one quarter of a star. Oh, good Lord. Man, you still didn't like this one very much. Two and a half stars from JoJo for JT Smith <sighs> versus Axel Rotten. It wasn't, it wasn't pretty at all. <laughs> Match eight, triple dog collar six-man tag team match. What'd you give it? 
<sighs> I mean, nothing really happens, even though they take up a lot of time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it one star. I'm right with you. Two and a half stars from JoJo for this one. <sighs> match nine, the ECW World Television title draw match. You know, outside of Sabu's sloppiness and recklessness at times, uh, this was pretty fun stuff from two crazy guys. I gave it three stars. Three stars seems fair. What do you think Dave Meltzer gave this, by the way? Oh, God. It depends which way the wind's blowing. I don't remember how he felt about Sabu. I'm going to say four stars. Five. Four and a half stars? Four and a half stars for this match. Wow. Man, I don't know. It's a draw. You know, like a draw would have taken it. Like, I gave it three. If there was a winner, I three and a half at best. Well, four stars from JoJo, four and a half from Dave Meltzer. He was a big fan. Okay. All right. Match 10, singles match, Shane Douglas versus Cactus Jack. I liked this match quite a bit. Um, I like, you know, I'm always a fan of Cactus, and, you know, I like Shane more than a lot of people. I gave it two and a half stars. That's fair. Uh, JoJo gave it three. I thought this was probably my match of the night. <laughs> I enjoyed yeah. this one the most. Um, then we go to our final match of the evening, which I'll just put this little bit of a, a preview on the score here. Uh, it was noted in the review, man, they should have just left well enough alone and stopped here. But match number 11, ECW World Heavyweight title match, what'd you give it? Um, I gave this match one star. One star yeah. seems fairly fair. Uh, JoJo gave it a quarter of a star. Said okay. It was not good. Very rushed and ham-handed. Okay. All right. So yeah, yeah. it's that's uh that's the thoughts of JoJo, of yourself, of myself. Um, our yeah. friend over at Classic Wrestling Review sent us a tweet when he heard that we were doing this show because he's actually reviewed this show a few months ago or a few maybe even a year. I don't. I didn't check the date on when it was posted, but. Um, yeah. Uh, these were his final thoughts. Other than the Pillman stuff, the first hour was forgettable. The final three matches ranged from good to great, but they didn't save the show. It was an overall mixed bag. It ended strong, so I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. Yeah, no, I mean, it's got a lot of just the, you know, you can tell that some of this is taped for TV, mm-hmm. the way things are kind of put together, and, you know, the stop and starts, and yeah, that first hour felt like dark matches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's I can't okay, imagine you know. that that first hour like man, what like you put that on television? Like I would be not right. wanting to tune in every week if that right. Spiros Grecos was on all all the time. <laughs> You're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. So yeah, uh those are our thoughts. Those are lots of folks thoughts on this ECW show, but Tony, we've got to go on to next week and watch yet another wrestling show. So where are we headed? Well, DP, next week we're going to celebrate February with No Way Out from 2009. Uh, these are, you know, Elimination Chamber matches. We've got uh, Edge defending in a chamber match that features Triple H, The Undertaker, Jeff Hardy, The Big Show, and Kozlov. Uh, that tells you where things stand at the time. We've got a Randy Orton, Shane McMahon, No Holds Barred match. Oh, jeez. Swagger defends the ECW title against Finley. <laughs> we have a singles match for the employment of Shawn Michaels where he fights JBL. Okay. Um, and then in the main event, I don't want to spoil everything, but the Elimination Chamber match features, among others, Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, John Cena, 
Kane and main event Mike Knox. Oh boy, I am so excited about main event Mike Knox. Um, no, this yeah. should be this should be an interesting show. I'm excited to see what what what, it, what comes of it. Yeah, No Way Out 2009. Join us for that. Join us for that next week. In the meantime, if you want to keep up with us, you can do so on two places, both Facebook and Twitter. For Facebook, just search for the name of the podcast. On Twitter, we're at GrappleCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter for some odd reason, you can do so at Deadpool1205. You can follow me, Tony G, at BeyondSanity19. And we'll catch you next week for No Way Out 2009. Um, off the top, I just wanted to laugh about something because it's kind of funny, kind of like. Tell me how to react to this. No, I'm joking. Kind of, kind of funny, kind of shitty, kind of a you know whatever situation. So AEW at this point, the figures are a runaway train. Like I had these dreams of being like, I could probably keep up with like the AEW figures as they release and this. this oh, the the action figures. Okay, action figures. Sorry, yeah, yeah. the a- action. I'm thinking dolls, numbers all them. of a sudden. I'm like, okay, what's happening? So anyway, I've got the first series. I did the first series thing except nice. for Brandy because they had to go and make her the fucking hardest one. Fine, I haven't wanted to pay a hundred dollars <laughs> on eBay for her yet, but um, of course it was Brandy. Um, well, so they, but anyway. They weren't There's easy like, to find anyways. Like, you had to get, no. like, seconds after they put them on the shelf, apparently, yeah. because there's just hundreds of, of wrestling fans are just, like, out scouring every Walmart constantly for them. Yeah. Oh, it was so annoying. But anyway, so they're apparently supposed to be making that a little bit better. They're going to be in more stores. Yada, yada, yada. But anyway, what I'm really trying to get at here is that they're already on, like, their sixth series or their sixth <laughs> line of figures at this point. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm done. But the thing that's been funny is that Cody has gotten a figure in every series at this point. They literally has just really? released they literally just released a Cody that his variant is that he's wearing a shirt with Pharaoh on it. Is the figure that <laughs> all while we still don't have a Britt Baker figure. And that's kind of been the running Goodness. like she, she's become okay. the thing and now she's even started to tweet about like, you know, maybe by series twenty five I'll probably you know I'll finally get my <laughs> figure in Cody you would think- will be- you would think they would for sure have had a Britt Baker and also a Britt Baker with a wheelchair at this point. Like, well, they missed that one. Yeah. Well, they made the Rio with the terrifying face. They've they've been really good for the most part as far as the molds and the. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Boy, that Rio face though is who they should Rio. Oh, Rio. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know the biggest women star in the company. <laughs> remember? Well, she exactly. lost the belt and disappeared forever. So. I, I love that you didn't recognize that name. Anyway, her face one was really bad. Probably the worst of the bunch. But so there's just been kind of this fun thing. Cody's kind of gotten involved in it a little bit too, because Kenny and the Bucks also have gotten like a variant in almost every series. Yeah. So, but, but on the other side of that, I'll say while it is like eye rolling and you know someone like Brit should definitely have one at this point. Just remember, go to Walmart, folks. Go to wherever you, your action figures are sold and look at WWE. There's a Roman Reigns in every series. Oh, yeah. There's a John Cena. So, I mean, it's like it, sure. that's just kind of how this works. Because, I mean, you get in Twitter and stuff, and these fans are like, you know, asking for people that have been on AEW Dark's action figures. So, like, guys, you're going to have to realize that there's going to be a lot of Cody's. There's going to be a lot of Kenny's. There's going to be a lot of Moxley's. Like, yeah. this isn't about, hey, let's make an action figure for everybody. This is. We're going to make action figures that sell. So, so now, I mean, do they have to also, is the idea that like once the series is made, that they're not like continuing to produce those ones? So like you can't just continue to get series ones? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's why you would then, you would want to keep this, the big stars as having new ones because you just have to keep those guys on the shelves for yeah, kids there's no and back, shit. At this point, there's no back catalog on that shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're not, 
So okay, it's just that was just kind of funny. And Brit's been getting involved, and having some fun with it, and I do agree. But I, also, people are going to realize like they ain't going to be making one for everybody. Like, yeah, you know, the WWE WWE does because they're the WWE. You know, just about <laughs> everybody gets a figure. Have they made a Luchasaurus yet? If you want to talk about a missed opportunity? Yeah, where's the Jurassic Express? So those are the guys that I want to. I would like to have the figures of. If, I, if I'm going to pick any figures, the fucking yeah, Jungle Express. I'd take that. I agree. I agree. No good stuff. Um, we will see. So obviously, we talked about the Rumble and things that led to the Rumble don't really matter. Um, nothing. <laughs> went past the rumble for the most part as far as i did think that they did a good job building like the roman reigns match i thought was fantastically built i loved the like because we talked about it last time but i hadn't seen i'd they they played a bunch of it on this week in Mm -hmm. wwe the uh the fucking paul Heyman card subject to change moment and stuff i thought that was all very well played and uh it was good stuff and it had me excited for that fucking match i wasn't at all excited for goldberg versus fucking <laughs> what's his name well, no, though, because, so. no because the build for goldberg and drew has just been well first we talked about that stupid promo goldberg cut the first night yeah we like called drew disrespectful and it's like actually drew mcintyre is like the most respectful towards the <laughs> veterans and has yes. been like his deal it's how nice he is to all of them and they get so that wasn't a good start. And then they just kind of continued with that. Like, that just kind of kept me in the, gotcha. you don't think I can beat you. You know, and I, I drew, like, I, I didn't say that. And Goldberg just, yes, you did. You know, like all that. It was just, that was the feud, basically. <clears throat> so, no, but the Owens, uh, Reigns build and execution and everything was just absolutely awesome. Uh, the Daniel Bryan promo on SmackDown was also really good, talking about not having many manias left and stuff like that. So, nice. Something that was they talked a lot about during the match itself. You also got Bianca beating Bailey on SmackDown as a go home. So her momentum was clearly there as far as, you know, like her being the favorite. Bianca yeah, Bellier, yeah, yeah. Terrible match. She had a successful feud with Bailey leading up to the damn match. So nice. Uh, wasn't wildly surprising. And on the raw side, ah, there wasn't really as much. Xavier stuff with retribution continued, and that was a little bit of a storyline in the match with mm-hmm. Mustafa replacing Kofi and uh all that good fun stuff, but otherwise, nothing that really had a, much of an impact post, uh, you know, rumble. Gotcha. But on the dynamite side of things, <clears throat> the show must go on. They're getting ready for their beach blast and their revolution. It's like beach break. Stop building, stop building two shows though. You know what I mean? It's like I can't keep track yeah. of what's on pay per view and what's just coming up on TV in like a week. Well, I do like that because it is you know the pay per view is not till March. So right. we have exactly. some time. Like, slow down, guys. But right. yeah, yeah. I guess if you're announcing stuff for already, it seems like it's a little bit early. But I, I just want to be like, yeah. I've loved the build to Beach Break specifically, though. Like all the matches that are coming up on that show, mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see that week of of Dynamite. No, that'll be great. I what I can't imagine is that we still have like two months before this Sting and Darby Allen match happens, and. How that's going to just get brought up on TV every week? I'm not looking forward to seeing <laughs> home so. videos of Sting hanging out with Darby in their yeah. like junkyard <laughs> skateboard town. Yeah, I want to see like a dad and son out on the town video with the I'm, two of them. I want to see like them both jumping off of bridges into rivers. Both of them yeah. like you know burning cars and smashing windows. Yeah, since for some reason they decided that that was the match they needed to announce as soon as possible, and it's not happening until March. So, anyways. <laughs> uh, Dynamite <clears throat> opened hot. They're usually pretty good about this. Both shows, AEW and NXT, both usually make a point, you can tell, to kind of start their show with something yeah. 
exceptional. They get to it very quickly as well. Right. They get, yeah, there's usually not in ring promos to open either one of the shows. Um, so Dynamite started with Archer, Lance Archer, that is, and uh, Eddie Kingston. Certainly a matchup that they've been building and a feud that's kind of been heating up. Um, as you know, we couldn't count on Pac to be there on a week to week basis. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so you know the match was you know solid stuff. Um, you know you had Butcher and Blade getting involved, uh, threatening to hurt Jake Roberts. Uh, Kingston used brass knuckles, knocked Archer out. So thank God Eddie Kingston won a match, although even it was yeah certainly disputable. Uh, and one thing that I did see about this, and I didn't want to make a big deal about it, but uh, we're both big fans of OSW, and I don't know if you saw the shitstorm that one V One found himself in. After no. merely tweeting his like concern for the well being of Eddie Kingston, and you wouldn't, you should have seen the shit that he got for it. So <laughs> Archer choke slammed him on the apron, yeah, like brutal, right, right on the apron, just ugly, brutal. Just a V one. I can't even remember now. I don't have it in front of me. I should have, but it, just something along the lines about it was kind of like you know, uh, something was that is that worth it for you know the long term problems or just something oh, along okay, those lines, like saying, yeah kind of expressing like you know that was unnecessary you know mm-hmm. and just got it from every fucking direction and then he even like responded like he didn't say anything else about it just responded with you know can't believe i'm catching shit for being concerned about the well-being because <laughs> it was just everybody like you don't know you don't wrestle you can't say it's like calm down people it is perfectly acceptable to question if all these apron spots and moves are really in the best interest of any of these men and women because they have yeah. gotten to the point now where it is as common as a fucking DDT in a match for people mm-hmm. to go out on the apron <laughs> on a TV show or in the middle of a pay-per-view yeah. and just do ridiculous spots on it. And listen, I'm not saying I'm not entertained by it, but I don't think we should be getting upset with anyone, mm-hmm. whether or not they in a wrestler or they know what it means to be a wrestler, <laughs> when they say, hey, God, maybe don't do that like that. That, that doesn't seem like that's worth it in the long run. You know, like, I don't think that's a crazy thing for someone to say. So. Well, I just don't know why everyone like would get angry with him about it. Like, anyway, I mean, and again, I, every, I you know you use words like everyone, but I mean, it's just a lot of oh, comments because okay. I didn't come across him saying it. I can't, cause I follow him, but I came across people being mad about it. And then yeah. realizing, Oh, it's that's V one from fucking OSW. Like, <laughs> Calm down, people. Like shit. I guess he'll never be concerned about the well being of a wrestler ever again. Just now everybody after after Matt Hardy has like shamed everyone in his promos ever ever, ever since his right. whole thing. Like now everyone's turned the other direction. Like you're not allowed to be you're not allowed to be upset right. about it. These men and women are they, if they want to kill themselves, they can. And you just sit there and watch it. Don't you dare be <laughs> upset about it. So. They say okay. they're okay, they're okay. Yeah, they're fine. It's weird. I feel like we get on that big company up north for how they handle some of the like, kind of same thing. Anyway, uh, Sting cuts a promo that he's upset about Team Taz calling them hoodlums. I just thought that was funny that Sting was unhappy about being called a hoodlum. He won't have it. And they were <laughs> breaking windows as someone had had a nice blue gel light shining through the backside of. And their skateboards and baseball bats were breaking windows and... Was it okay? They're bond, so they're bonding. They're bonding. I didn't see this. Was it like a, a, a in like a studio, like a, like a dark background? Like what? Where were they? No, they looked like they were at some like abandoned warehouse. So or they, they were doing that, like a Darby video, but with Sting yeah. just there. Okay, because yeah, that's what much, I was hoping that it was when I I was reading the the description of it. I was yeah. like, that sounds like what I'm hoping it is. Right. 
I mean, it wasn't quite a Darby video. Like yeah. it was a kind of a more of an interview. More coherent than a Darby interview. Well, video. yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> so, but no, it was it was what it was. It was fine. Like I said, these these two are doing the best with what they they have. Um, we had MJF and Jericho, you know, the tag team of the Inner Circle, um, having a match with the Varsity Blondes this week, and uh, I'm also just to the point where, like, how long are we going to sing Judas? To fucking Jericho people. <laughs> well, first of all, I, think, I don't like how much he gets off on it. Yeah, that's the biggest. That's the the biggest annoyance for me at this point is just how, he is, how much he enjoys it. He he fucking loves it. And it's one of those things where it's like he is also kind of like the top heel. Uh, I guess maybe not the top heel Omega, but anyway, he's supposed to be this like big bad heel. Yes. And when it was first happening, all right, fine. You all ironically started liking a song that had been out for like a year and a half when he started using it as an entrance theme. <laughs> but at this point. Do I need to watch extras pretend to lip sync the song when they take shots of the crowd? That's what cracks me up now. I love watching <laughs> the people that are there to re- record episodes of Dark. Yeah. Getting caught on camera pretending that they know the words to Judas. I, it just makes me laugh. But I, I think that's something that can go away. Just like Chris Jericho. But anyway, <laughs> um, Inner Circle One. Man, harsh. So great stuff there. Harsh? Watching no. him do that lion salt two weeks ago was harsh. <laughs> I I guess you're right. Yeah, no, there's there's it's it's been a little bit you know sloppy as of late. Yeah, and on you know and and his personal opinions and thoughts as well. Um, we then had a pre-recorded probably the last time they had NBA on TNT. Shaq challenging coach like he couldn't even like Dude, what a terrible promo from Shaq like he couldn't <sighs> he he couldn't be bothered one bit to like put any emotion or acting into this whatsoever. This has become, and I wonder if, you know, if like, I'm sure he is, if Cody is, has these same thoughts or opinions about it. But it's like, kind of feels like Shaq's already lost interest in this. Yes. And now it's kind of like coming from one direction that we're trying to make. Remember when he was going to fight the big show and <laughs> WWE went through all that yeah. trouble of putting him over and yep. having big show talk about it. And, and then Shaq just. Didn't, didn't feel do like it. doing anymore. <laughs> kind of starting to get that feeling here with the Cody thing. Cause it's just, they're creating this narrative mm-hmm. about Shaq. And then every time Shaq has an opportunity to like express that he doesn't, <laughs> it's like, I feel like they're doing all the He's really, really mad. Yeah. He better look out. A he's a killer. And then he's like, Oh yeah, I don't know. Cody's cool with me. I don't really mind. <laughs> it's like, Okay, boy, I can't wait for this, you know. Well, because it's also, it's a weird spot that they put him in because you had the people that I would assume should be heels. Like, why is Shaq a heel? Like, he's like, that's his problem. He's like, I'm supposed to be cutting promos on NBA TV, (laughs) and I'm I'm supposed to be a bad guy all of a sudden. Like, people like me on this show. Well, yeah, well, because we all know, yeah, Cody and Brandy both just decided at some point they had like a 180 on their ideas of being heels at the end of last year as we yeah. kind of well, saw and discussed it, it, <clears throat> brandy seemed like she was really leaning into the heel side of things but then when you get pregnant it's hard to be the well, bad yeah. guy <laughs> right. right yeah nobody wants nobody wants to be mad at the at the pregnant lady um well then you have the poor not poor i don't know whatever you have jade cargill who's just literally like in the back seat without a seatbelt on in the middle of a car crash with just <laughs> bouncing off the walls every week of the yeah. changes and it, she, I feel like, is probably the one who is like 
most invested in this being successful to some degree. Because mm-hmm. even Cody kind of does that Cody thing about it too. Like, oh, yeah. Mm. What? You know, he's not all that interested <laughs> or like all that bothered by any of it. You know, okay. and like Jade comes out and like insults his wife and he just has that like same Cody like smirk on his face. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like if, if you all don't care about this, I really don't care about it. So you can just. <laughs> Like every other Brandy-involved storyline in this company, well, you guys can just drop this with that explanation and move on. And then You've done it like four times before. It's this, fine. This Arn stuff where it's like, I think, I don't know if you texted me this, but I, just how long is, he's got how long until the baby comes around and you're telling this story about Dusty almost missing a birth? Like, what? I know! This doesn't have any relation to what you're talking about <laughs> right now. I, I just what I was thinking. I was like, she is weeks into her pregnancy is she at first first trimester <laughs> at this point even like man y'all are already per, you know promoting her in ring in ring return it feels like yeah arn talks about how proud his dad was even though but if you really ask cody he maybe has some different opinions about that arn then brings red velvet to the ring you talk about somebody else that's just kind of caught in the crosshairs of this yeah and is brought in when it's convenient. She's in it. She's out. She's <laughs> so, a part of it. I don't know. The way that this is described on the official AllEliteWrestling.com like results page is as oh, this. Boy. So Arn Anderson called down Red, Red Velvet to the ring. She mm-hmm. glanced at Cody, and Cody, Cody returned the look. Quote, Uh-oh. you see what I'm talking about? Fire! She's got it. You've got it, said Anderson. <laughs> Red Velvet. Well, yeah. Quote, I'm out here tonight because, quite frankly, I'm fed up, tired of getting attacked, tired of watching Brandy be disrespected by that yeah. big math, big mouth coward. And so, yeah, she's going to defend her or whatever. And then that's Tony's just it. like, sounds like it. that's the deal. These two are going to go. And so Jade and Shaq, the ball's in your court or whatever. But mm. just the, the, the like, glancing at her and then returning the look and then, like, she's got the fire, you got the fire. Like, right. This is such a weird connection that you're forcing us to accept between yeah. these two. Red Velvet also called Jade a bitch ass. Was, what was her description? <laughs> I'll of Jade. stir her bitch ass up. Yeah, because then Jr. Afterwards, she does the stir goes, motion as her her thing. Yeah, because then afterwards, Jim Ross said she said bitch ass. That's how you know she's serious, and it was she's amazing because it was the same condes- <laughs> condescending thoughts I was having about it. It was just like, ugh. Like, can we just stop with the swearing? It doesn't feel natural. It just feels like we're on the Jerry Springer show and you're trying to like throw that extra flavor, you know, that extra Dude, it's in there. the 12 year olds, man. This is, this is what they I want. know. You're right. You're, you're like, right. Every that's 12 why, year old kid out there. That's why South cool. Park was so fucking awesome when we were kids. <laughs> it's true. You're right. They censored it though. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, Hangman page beat Dolph Ziggler's brother. They like even gave him a video and shit. It's like, are we really bringing Ryan Nemeth in like as a big deal in this company? I was or? curious. Like when I saw the name Nemeth, I was just like, is that like related? I was, I yes, sure. yes. It's dollar store Dolph Ziggler. No, but I am um, interested in this this idea of a Matt Hardy Adam Page interaction potential yeah. feud. Maybe I don't know what this is, but the no, I like the idea. Sounds yeah. Cool. Well, and it is. Is this Matt? Is he going to create a, I think a faction, or is this just kind of like a one? You know, because he's got the private party, and hell, they're the number one contenders for the Impact Tag Team Title, so he's true having some success there. Um, I don't know if he put his little stable together; it would be something. I certainly wouldn't want to see Paige be a part of this. Yeah. So 
He there's still a lot. There's still a lot of uh, fanfic out there telling the beautiful stories about how Hangman Page is going to eventually accept the Dark Order's offer. So. I mean, that may end up happening as well. But I, I want Matt Hardy to make like a big money faction that is is just called Omega, and it's that for a week until <laughs> Kenny Omega beats him up. And he's like, you can't call your faction my name. <laughs> well, you can't call your name my company that I created when I was a teenager. Um. <laughs> Match of the night, probably. Jungle Boy and Dax Hard would uh, go one-on-one. Listen, even the announce team all say it with a hard D. You really? go back and listen to the comments. Oh, everybody says Hardwood. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. Um, but no, great performance here from Jungle Boy. Certainly one of those matches that they'll point to a year from now when he's going for the world title for the first time or something. Uh, yeah, it was just solid stuff. Solid, long good storytelling he's also, uh, you know he's just a guy that every time they've given him a chance he's never fumbled it no like no he, he yeah no absolutely throughout this entire company's existence like they give him little chances and it gets just they give him a little bit bigger a little bit bigger and it just he continues to impress every time so i think that there's there, you can't deny that like you got to just at some point decide to to do something with it no i mean this company you know i, I mean what we'd say darby allen jungle boy and MJF, I mean, are probably yeah. three of your pillars, at least on the men's side of things go. You know, Britt Baker, mm-hmm. I suppose, they certainly have brought a long way as well. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can see kind of where things go from there. But, you know, they, and those guys have all, if you think back to their earliest matches in the company and their first TV, like they've always, they've, they all kind of have similar stories of like moving up, getting knocked down, yeah. you know, make, taking those small steps. Like I said, and we, when we've talked in the past, like they have a very, New Japan feel and approach to mm-hmm. the long term kind of development and storytelling when it comes, to especially the younger members of their roster. So, yeah, I agree. But yeah, he's wildly successful. They'll drop the Jungle Boy name at some point, and he'll be Jack Perry, and that. And will Jr. Happen. will come all over the entire episode. He'll just be like, "You people, you should have listened <laughs> right. to me from the first day." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things where it's like, listen, it's a good way to get him in. I and I'm not saying he can't be world champion with the name like Jungle Boy. Yeah, I I just wouldn't make him. <laughs> you, know, you know, like a, I don't know. It's uh, not it's not a deal breaker by any means. Gotcha. Uh, Britt Baker. Had a match with everyone's favorite woman on the AEW roster who never says anything controversial online, Shanna. <laughs> I, I did oh. not hear about the, the, the drama from Shanna, but all right. I, don't, I, I can't. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. She said something stupid and like doubled down on stupid. And oh, okay. People have kind of moved on, it seems like, for the most part. But, anyways. Um, Rebel distracted the ref for no reason. <laughs> like, it was, I think it was a preempted. Like, no, 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 next spot, Rebel, is the ref distraction spot. Um, Britt applies her submission and gets the win. I like that she puts a surgical glove on now before she does it. I'm sure her opponents also don't mind that she puts a glove on before she puts her hand in their mouth. That's true. That's got to be good. (laughs) Uh, Rebel and Britt with a post-match beatdown on Shanna. Thunder Rosa would make the save. So good stuff there. Certainly looking forward to their match. Uh, the MJF manipulation stuff it continues, and it's fun. And I love how Sammy still ain't buying it. Uh, <laughs> he runs into Sammy Guevara backstage and apologizes for Wardlow ruining his match last week. You know, MJF says Wardlow is by far his worst employee, and he's docking his pay for all of this. And you know, and Sammy, it was great. It was very 
I don't know. I always think of Ross on Friends with Ben Stiller's character, where everybody thinks that Ben Stiller's, ben Stiller's character is the best guy in the world, and everyone mm-hmm. loves him. But whenever he's alone with Ross, he's really mean and <laughs> shitty to Ross, and like no one will believe Ross okay. that he is this. But anyway, so because Sammy's just says, "I don't buy any of your shit." He's not having it. And MJF, it was great. Totally did like the villain kind of turn where it was like, okay. That's how you want to play this game, and then walks away. Like, you know, like the cur- he, the man behind the curtain had kind of has been revealed, and he's basically that's it as far as like his trying to get Sammy to get on board with things. So we'll see gotcha. what comes of that. Uh, a battle royal to determine the tag team number one contenders in a company with a ranking system. I get really sick of them having battle royals to determine number one contenders for things. Well. You have a fucking ranking system. But aren't the champions in the match? Well, yeah, and then they're doing that, and I can't. I think I have that down here somewhere where they... Yeah, they can handpick their opponents if they win. Oh, okay. Which I now have a bad feeling that they may handpick the Good Brothers, but we'll see about that. Um, yeah, Rio is returning soon against Serena Deeb. <laughs> I love how they're just realistic about Rio. They're like, listen, we don't know when. <laughs> we're done trying to pin that Whenever down. She shows but, up. Serena's ready. But, yeah. But when she gets here, Serena D will be her opponent. So Serena <laughs> D has job security in this company, at least until Riho returns. So we'll nice. see what happens. Uh, fun main event, eight man tag team action, young bucks and the good brothers taking on the dark order. Uh, you know, just solid fun stuff there. The bucks work so well with all those dark order, you know, silver and Reynolds and especially Grayson and evil Uno. A lot of history there. Um, and it's good to see in Gallows and Anderson and AEW, you know, whatever. Um, Bullet Club gets the win, and I may have missed it. Do you have it in your notes there? Is there any follow-up to Don Callis accusing the Bucks of beating him to the point that he was black and blue? Because this week, they're just hanging out with the Good Brothers, and I maybe I missed it, but I felt like that would be a bigger deal, that they would have to explain themselves to Kenny about that, but... See, I thought the way that I had seen it last time and the way that it had played out, I thought the idea is that uh, Kenny did that to him. To Don? Yeah, over what he Don said to the Bucks that was caught on uh, video. Oh, okay. I thought he told Kenny the Bucks beat him up. That might be the case. and, and yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, because I think that that's the idea is that he wants it to look like the Bucks beat him up. Yeah, okay. but it, maybe it was Kenny. I don't know. For some reason, I was confused that maybe the, the idea was that Kenny was the one that had done it. But okay, yeah. The, as far as like the mention on here, it just says like the Bucks called out Callus's injury before things got out of hand. Though Matt and Nick's music hit, and they had to leave for the match, and like that was all that. Uh, so it was to be continued. Yeah. Kind of thing. Anyway, all right, whatever. Because everybody was buddy buddy. Um, so the Bullet Club gets the win. Fun match. The Bucks talk about the Battle Royal next week. They'll handpick their opponents if they win. Yada, yada. Um, Matt says it could be anybody and looks at the Good Brothers. Oh. Uh, Phoenix attacks the Bucks from behind. Um, he's quickly, the well, not quickly, but he got taken out eventually by the numbers game. Moxley would run in to help his friend Phoenix. Um, Omega tried to sneak attack with his boot in hand again and his Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz looking boot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mox just avoided it and hit him with a DDT and stood tall. And uh, I saw people online posting pictures of like Mox and his like 
heartwarming friendships and you know, adding Phoenix to that list of like his little buddies <laughs> that he's acquired yeah. like, over the last year or so. And, uh, <laughs> just like including like the shooter and stuff like that. Nice. But, uh, yeah, now Phoenix, he's taking Phoenix under his wing. Uh, so yeah, solid stuff there. They got a lot going on. The impact stuff. I'm st- maybe they're slow playing it. it. This is relationships a little bit one direction so far. Yeah. There's, I would like to see some of these impact guys on dynamite, you know, oh, I see what you're saying. And maybe not Gallows and Anderson. <laughs> as far yeah. As like, yeah the, my list would be of, of many others before those two probably. But, <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's been cool, you know, but they've been having a little more fun on the other side of things, you know, getting to watch, you know, the machine guns and rich Swan and things like that fighting with Kenny. So yeah, for sure. Uh, but anyway, it's certainly making things, in- it's making things interesting and impacts numbers have taken a, I've seen a tick, you know, an uptick in just about every platform. And, uh, so it's good, good for everybody. Well, at least good for Impact so far. Nice. Good to hear. Yeah. On the NXT side of things, we are in dusty classic mode for the most part. Uh, we're getting ready for the semifinals next week, but we got to get through round two. MSK, Nash Carter, and Wes Lee beat Killian Dane and Drake Maverick. Uh, really solid stuff there. Wade Ke- Barrett keeps talking about the importance you- of being uh, I was curious where you were on the uh, the Dane and uh, Drake Maverick oh, tag team. I was, like, were you hoping for them to go further than that, or was that? Well, okay. I mean, listen, this is MSK's star building deal, uh, gotcha. and I still think ultimately the Grizzled Young Vets will probably win the whole thing. But no, I mean, I would love. I mean, I love this team, but when they put their first round match on two hundred five live, I didn't have a whole lot of hopes that they were probably going to be fully invested in them in the long gotcha. run of this. So I don't think the team's broken up though either. So, I mean, I will probably still be some more, you know, some more fun there. Nice. Uh, but yeah, Barrett kept talking about how important it is to be a real team in this. And I'm like, dude, everybody that's won this fucking thing has been a thrown together tag team. Pretty much since <laughs> the first had. That's so. true. Yeah. It's because what, it wasn't the first one fucking, uh, Joe and Balor. I yeah. Think, Balor. I thought one. that's right. Balor was on the team. That's and what I, was then I, f- I think, uh, what Alistair Black and Ricochet maybe won it. Rick and Al won. I think you're right. And then I think Undisputed Era has kind of, you know, the last couple of years. But they're technically kind of thrown together, anyways. Besides Bobby <laughs> and Kyle. Um, yeah, MSK gets the win. They'll enter the semifinals. Uh, I like Brian Alvarez has been losing his mind about Kurt Stallion because sometimes he just ner- zeroes in on things. That was a heel promo. Is he a heel or a baby face? <laughs> you know, it's like, I, and then his match, he's the baby face. I don't know. I liked the promo. Okay. He's got kind of the laid back. He was coming on Twitter that I guess if you're from South Texas, everybody compares you to Matthew McConaughey, but he has a very <laughs> kind of cool, calm demeanor about him, you know, kind of, you know, real, you know, kind of very laid back. And I thought the interview yeah. was kind of cliche stuff, road travel down and, you know, he's going to strap the rocket to his own back and blah, 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 you know. It was fine. I, it was presented as this like sit down interview, but by the end of it, I think the lady just asked one question, and then it was like a Kevin Smith stand up deal, and he just talked for five straight minutes, and she nodded politely the whole time. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, I liked the promo, and you know, I'm excited to see them kind of getting behind somebody and seeing how they push, you know, a potential new star in the company. So nice. Uh, women's Dusty first round matchup. Jesse Kamea, yes, one of the ladies that dodged the retribution bullet, 
She was one of the early people under the mask, but she didn't end up being a member. <laughs> uh, her and Aaliyah with Robert Stone uh, taking on Dakota, Kai, and Raquel Gonzalez. And uh, obviously Kai and Raquel would get the win. They'll face uh, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro in the semifinals. There's only eight teams in the whole women's thing. Okay. Are there and more on the still- men's side? Yeah, there's like 16. Or Yeah, because there's only... Yeah, it's like double. The men's t- tournament is double the size of the women's. Damn. Okay. And they still put a matches on 205 Live. Like, can you just put all the women's matches on NXT then? <laughs> if there's only, and why is Shotzi and Ember Moon on 205 Live? That's weird. Like, uh, anyways, so the way um, are, uh, you know, excited about their possibilities. Candice and Indy tell us they will win the whole thing. Johnny gets upset by anyone that says the name Kushida. And uh, Austin Theory is apologizing for that and explains that, uh, you know, he's very... He apologizes to Johnny for even saying the name Kushida, and Johnny just gets mad and walks away. Uh, we get a promo, and I saw this thing pop up on my thing, and I was like, oh, no, that's a hard pass. A YouTube video, I guess Brie Larson does these, like, celebrity workout videos where she also, oh, okay. like, kind of ta- inter- interviews the people and learns about them, and they work out together via Zoom or something. Whatever. Didn't know I, about this. All right. Not for me. Um, but Tegan Knox is was on it with her. Like and oh, that's okay. Tegan's like Captain Marvel is she like is her the inspiration behind like all her gear and stuff like that. So it was nice. Big deal for her, I guess. I didn't watch the video. I'm sure it's very nice as Tegan Knox is a sweet gal. So <clears throat> interesting though. Uh Tyler Rust gets in the win. Uh Malcolm Malcolm Bivens had a pre match promo talking about, you know, how great Rust is, calling him the diamond in the rest. Uh, second round, Dusty Rhodes action here uh, with Kushida and Leon Ruff taking on the Grizzled Young Vets. Grizzled Young Vets get the victory. <clears throat> and uh, the way after the match beat up Kushida and Dexter Loomis scared them away. So they got a, a friend in him, I guess. <laughs> we go backstage and Kurt Stallion, <clears throat> the man who was supposed to have a cruiserweight title match tonight, is laid out. And uh, Regal's very pissed. And, uh, you know, he blames it on Legato Del Fantasma. Um, and, but we don't know who it was. Vic Joseph is shocked that the man who has to defend his title would do something like this. He was just like, why would he do? Why would he, def, you know, knock? It's like, are you serious? Like, you can't figure out why they would want to eliminate the person that's supposed to challenge for their title tonight? <laughs> that doesn't seem like all that crazy. Yeah, it seems pretty uh, obvious. We got pissed off Regal, which is always fun because you don't see him get fired up much anymore. But he busted into the locker room of Legato Del Fantasma and told Santos that he will be defending his title next week. And uh, as after Regal left, Santos found a tarot card under his belt and was very bothered by it. So I, I, don't, I don't know what that means or if it means anything. Does that have anything to do uh, with, like, the the return of, of Boa and fucking Zia Lee or anything? Eh, maybe, but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Also could be, that's also kind of killer cross territory, but... I don't know why he would be bothering with the cruiserweight champion. So, uh, Tony Storm came out and was interrupted by Io Shirai. I want to fight you. I'm going to fight you. Mercedes Martinez also came out and took out Io. And then her and Tony Storm argued over the belt. So at TakeOver, we're getting a triple threat match with Io Shirai, Tony Storm, and Mercedes Martinez for the title. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah. We had a uh, Imperium vignette. I liked this. It seems like they're pumping them up. They're kind of building this stable back up. I don't know if Walter is coming back to be a part of things, but 
Um, it was just it was a well done video, nice vignette, kind of about the group trying to get back to you know their their winning ways, I suppose. A great match with Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Bronson Reed. Bronson would get the win there. Uh, main event: O'Reilly and Finn Balor taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. It breaks down. Pete Dunn came out and got involved and broke Finn's fingers and. Cole and Roderick Strong made the save, and we had a long stare down. And in a cool, when these moments are done well, and it it, it, it comes across well, they're all kind of the undisputed era. And Finn are all kind of standing in the ring, you know, not necessarily in line or anything like that. Okay. And it, but at one point, as the undisputed era was kind of standing shoulder to shoulder, and Ballard kind of slowly takes a step back, and for like five seconds, he's standing with the Undisputed Era, you know, like mm-hmm. as a member kind of a deal. It even did like the kind of looked both ways thing and then slowly kind of stepped back out of the group and then like left the ring. But it was just gotcha. cool. And I know the, the fan noise is fake, but it would have gotten that kind of, it was <laughs> a nice like, reaction yeah. from the crowd when he, you know, when it was like kind of realized like, oh, he's, you know, standing in line with the Undisputed Era kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. that looks good. And so, but it was, you know, good moment. Um, interesting to see kind of where things go. The problem that I have is like, I would like to see Finn keep up this hard heel act and be like, nah, fuck you guys. I would yeah. rather be with Pete Dunn and those guys, but that wouldn't exactly be all that good for Pete Dunn. So I can see that too. Yeah. <laughs> so I understand the yeah. argument, but it's also, it's one of those things where anytime they do any of these moments where it's like, the like two guys looking at each other and like teasing and th- it's like well when there's no real crowd reacting and you guys are I controlling know. it it just falls completely flat for me when i'm watching it from home it's just like god damn it yeah no not wrong that is that is a you know that's the problem with that for sure so we shall see i saw it mentioned that there wasn't like the anybody nobody was in the rumble under the age of 30 and like the average age was 32 and then I just saw how Meltzer is, kind of bring up the good point. How what? was Dominic? I don't know. I guess he's not. <laughs> I guess he's older than that. Fuck, I don't remember the average age though. I think was at least thirty-two. And oh, someone was okay. just talking about like the lack of kind of like youth in the Rumble. And mm-hmm. Meltzer made the point. He's like, you know, they've had Tyler Bates since he was twenty. They've had Pete Dunn in the in the <laughs> system for you know, a handful of years. And it's like they've got these guys that were really young and are still young that they yeah haven't you know moved up and done much with because someone was talking about like you know and riddle and daniel bryan were going at it and they were just like oh you know uh, the future versus the past and then someone just commented they're like you realize daniel bryan's only four years older than matt riddle right like it's, yeah it's, yeah even the guys that you think are <laughs> you know these like young whippersnappers it's like mm-hmm. no but no, keith lee ain't he's not real real young like i bet keith lee's got to be at least over 30 so i think so yeah for sure and not like that's a bad thing, but just, you know, again, in the he's on, term he's on of death's years. door, he's, he's <laughs> over 30. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Anyways, so right. that's the wrestling world. Okay. I'm trying to figure. I'll look it up later. It looks like some Megan McCain looking Karen heckled LeBron at a basketball game tonight and like had to be ejected from the building. Why something. are people heckling LeBron? Like we had that guy. Did you see the Cavs game fucking few well, weeks ago? Yeah, that was, yeah, that assistant. Although that's LeBron just going full Michael Jordan level of petty right there though. Kind of. Did you see the video of the guy? Like he, he was being, a he dick. was excited. You're right. He was excited. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But I'm also like, I don't know. That's just how those guys are. But it's like, if I'm LeBron James, pff, like 
Yeah. How would that even remotely on, bother you? On you know? one hand, but on the other hand, like you're in the COVID era, so there's not anybody else there. And that's so it's true. like the like three people that yeah, are there and you've right. got this guy that's doing this over exaggerated clap for who? Like there's not even a crowd to please. Right. Like <laughs> No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're right. No, that was oh. stupid. That's like when I covered uh the Pacers for his home game. They had to tell the fucking marching band to shut the fuck up during free throws. Cause like <laughs> And it's things that they always have done, but when there were fans there, it wasn't. Yeah. So, like during certain people's like free throws, they have like their little beats, and they're like, "Vic, I don't even know what the fuck they are," but like there's yeah. a little bit of a drum beat and like them chanting, like somebody's like, it's like an encouraging thing, not like to be okay. heckling. And fucking, I saw them doing it, and I kind of could see the players' reactions on the court, and I was like, <laughs> "Uh oh!" And then I saw someone like come up the stairs and like go over to the their area and like tell them you know whatever they told them and then they stopped doing that during like people's free throw stuff so it's like like we yeah, guys work less you gotta read the room yeah like, just do do less things please yeah first of all i was shocked they even bothered letting those people in that's what i was that, just but, wondering like that's I was like oh so they brought the drum crew in but it's all drums so i guess it's not like they're up there with air you know like any windpipes or true. things of that nature i don't know so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right, Hulk. You can listen to the Golden Age of Grappling podcast any day of the week. But if you're looking for new episodes, you can check out our website, goldenagepodcast.com, or look for us on iTunes. New episodes releasing every... Shut up, you fat boy and a little old... Friday, Saturday, Sunday comes again.